Genesis. <laughs> well, on that lovely note, hey everybody, welcome to S for Genesis Revelations here on my lovely channel on twitch.tv slash Atomic Zero. Uh, we have four-fifths of our cast currently here, waiting on the fifth one, but uh, we're going to get started and hope that they join us soon. Um, thank you for this lovely episode. This is going to be our, hopefully, knock on wood, our last episode of the prologue of this campaign. So it's going to be, uh, let's just say, you're going to learn a lot of stuff. You're going to learn a lot of stuff, see a lot of stuff, and hopefully it's going to be a good one. So I'm now uh, I'm stuff. going to, good, you should be scared. Do you, do you need a parental figure to sign off on a waiver before we continue? I gotta make sure I ask this now for legal uh, reasons. Yes, I'm literally a minor. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, if you if you wouldn't mind going to get a parental figure so I can send you the form, the waiver to sign off. This did you? I'm hoping you at least accepted the mature rating on my Twitch stream prior to the start of all of this. Otherwise, oh, I'm in, I'm fully lied about my age for that. Yeah. Awesome. I want you to go grab an Optimus real and quick. And I be the the paternal, whatever. Yeah, I can that's do good that. enough for me. It's all, it's recorded now, so if it, you it, want to, yeah, if you want me to be, it'll stand in a court of law. That's perfectly <laughs> fine for me. So yeah, we have gamer mom Luna in the stream, so you know what? She can just speak for all of us. I'm home. There it is. I am probably old enough for all of you to call me daddy, but you know. I mean, how about we don't do that? Daddy, look, daddy <laughs> has mean, nothing to do with age. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It, I was gonna say true. it shows a lot of other things. State of mind. You can be a daddy. You can call me daddy. And I will. <laughs> what? I didn't say anything. Hey, everyone, now we're going to get started. Okay, so oh, we're live, huh? We've been <laughs> live, so this, be has been, live. this is, this is setting the so energy sorry. for this stream, which is great because when you have a very serious, you know, uh, lore dump coming up, you want this kind of energy. When Lex is going to be over there being like, his name is Wiener. <laughs> but <laughs> I've never done that on camera. Not on camera, but no, you've done it in other ways. They've Perfect. never said, you know, moldy leftovers on camera. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we're going to roll the dice to see who gets to do their intro first, and it's the same number, so great. Uh, Harley, if you can start us out, tell us who you are, what you do, and who you are playing. Yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Harley Kane. You can find me everywhere on the internet at Harley Hero. Um, I'm a cosplay, <sighs> cosplayer, streamer, uh, do TTRPG stuff. Um, I am playing Dar Safi. Okay, and uh, Lex, would you like to do Benjamin's intro for him? Uh, hi there. I am uh, he, he's TT Benjamin. Um, the extra T is for extra talent. He does stuff. Um, he has podcasts. Um, like like three. I don't know, too many. Like I can't watch them all. It's just too much shit. He's on um, Twitter, isn't he? Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. 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 Doesn't he have like a lot of Twitter accounts? Like two. Uh, and maybe, maybe more. He, he does the, the DMing thing, right? He does do the DMing thing. Old place. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, he, wait he's there, what? but he's in the wrong one. Oh, no. <laughs> he's so close. And also, my mouth died. Why did my mouse die? This is bad. <laughs> do you mean to buy this you is a new mouse? No. Did you sit on it? No. I'm sorry. There, there's something weird with my, with my mouse that I've... I just have to fiddle with it. I'm just being lazy and not fiddling with it. I don't want you fiddling with your mouse on stream, because it's not that type so of thing. That doesn't happen until high... someone calls me daddy. Anyway, we're moving on. So, <laughs> this Dungeon anyway, daddy! Content, you can come anyway. from us here at Esper Genesis. Yeah, so, we're very Lex. serious people. Lex, uh, no, there he is! Hey! Oh, we made it in! Ben, we I did your intro. Can you do my intro? 
yeah, of course. I'd be thrilled to do um, your intro. Uh, hey, hey, uh, it's Call Me They um, <laughs> playing Feather, uh, she, they, uh, who is also Asimov's uh, uh, creator being, um, uh, as the kids call it, um, Asimov's friend. You are super quiet. I'm not sure if that's for anyone else or just me. I can yeah, hear you. Just, you're quiet. Yeah. Well, now you're just gone. Now you're just totally gone. not there. Only delete. <laughs> <laughs> See? Now you're good. See, what we were saying before, where we were pretending to be silly, was actually a clever, uh, well-rehearsed ruse to stall for time to get Ben on. It actually was not serious whatsoever or any reflections of our personal beings. Sure. Don't I, I believe that. Anyway, Lex, if you could do your day. intro while we, we get all this lovely stuff straightened out. Oh, cool. Howdy, hey. I'm calling there. they. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I make fifth edition content for fifth edition. I messed it up myself. I, I blame Ben. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. I got a lovely little Patreon with like a whole six patrons. You want to make a seven? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a lucky number. It's a good number. Um, I just released new content like today. I got I got a new ranger subclass that's uh, that's really cool it's a good one it's a good one it's a really good one it's a good gliza you're up oh okay oh. <laughs> hey uh i'm gliza i'm the third culture kid of your nightmares i am a person with many hats i'm a podcast host i'm a writer i'm a streamer um but hey you're here for the ttrpg stuff so um you know i'm here to play uh moira Moira is a scholar who's suddenly a space ninja because of space magic. Um, but you can find me on a lot of other places. On Mondays, I am on uh, Twitch TV, Chatterbox AVA, playing Darla uh, on Somehow Human. Um, I'm also playing uh, Alicia Lionor uh, on Gods of Color uh, on Kira858. I play uh, Lady Salome uh, on Fridays, uh, Thalon Bound on The Bear Pen. Um, basically, I am being forced to take a break uh, in this coming, wait, no, from the 19th to the 25th. So no cameras or anything, but um, you can definitely ask me to hang out because I will be bored for the whole break. Please, please don't let me be alone myself. Um, but you can find me everywhere on bio.link forward slash classical Gliza or at classical Gliza on Twitter, where I am occasionally hilarious and always a delight. Last but not least, Wolfie. Hey, I'm Wolfie from 2012. Uh, Wolf's Blood, anywhere you want to find me, either on Twitch or Twitters or whatever else. Uh, I am not nearly as cool as Gliza, so um, go check them out instead. And, yep, not even a little bit. Uh, the only thing I need to add here is I need uh, Mara's taters to hurry up. Alright, honey, I did it. One second. She just asked me to tell her taters to hurry up, so I did. Hey, what does that mean? What taters? Uh, I don't understand. You know, boiling mashed okay. sticking them in a stew. Uh, ben, check. Yeah. Yes, odd. Yes, no. Check. Am I still quiet? Check. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I'll just I'll crank you up on my end. Yeah. What? I don't know if you're. Did you grab the wrong mic or something? No, it's the same mic every time. 
Yeah. Well, I I max you out on my end, so it may or may not be uh, audible to the chat, but uh, we should be able to at least move forward. Are you oh, talking through a sock? Now you're just gone. We'll miss I'll, you, Ben. I'll, I'll, I'll mess with my settings and see what's going on. Okay. All right. So, uh, quick reminder of last week. Last week, the group uh, had a couple surprise party members. We had a brand new inhabitant in Asimov's body with Omni, a another Ashen Forge that uh, seemingly uh, changed bodies in their brief existence, trying to find a new body to inhabit. Uh, the group transversed across an old ancient uh, battlefield, found Moira trapped in their old ship, figured out what happened to uh, their old crew, uh, got a eerie um, image of past events projected into their head from a, a type of ghostly figure of a life long gone. Uh, we ended with Bellwether having a very peculiar dream where they may or may not have talked to their god, or a god, or some being betraying as a god. Who knows? That's the fun part of all this. Uh, we are going to be starting off today, uh, the following morning. We're gonna, This is going to be the following day. Um, the crew is going to be waking up. Everyone's starting to stir. And we're going to have everyone kind of come out into the uh, kind of the communal group area Uh in whatever order you you think your character wish, whether they're or you rise or whether they're going to sleep in, and we can all, we're going to start off with everyone kind of uh, discussing what is happening today. Um, if anything might have happened recently that needs to be said or discussed, uh, this would now be the time to do it. As the the party as a whole is now kind of together, whether you're drinking coffee pills because right now the food and the drink dispenser is still on the fritz. It's still only giving out uh, things that are, you know, quote-unquote coffee and then, like, food pellets. So it's uh, not exactly a really great morning. Uh, the, your sleep, for the most part, actually was somewhat nice. The environmental system as well as the life support is still fine on the ship. All the creature comforts, though, seem to be off in terms of if you wanted a certain temperature in your room or, like, the mattresses not exactly being super comfortable. There's these random little creature comforts that are just not there and are uh, disappearing. So it's a little bit harder to enjoy your time on the ship, but nonetheless, you all had a long rest. You're all back up to uh, full health, uh, full ability, and we will join you all at the breakfast table, as it were. Uh, Bellwether is for sure not there. Where would Bellwether be? Absolutely just holed up in, in their room, working on something. Okay. So, uh, whoever does choose to be at the breakfast table, uh, it would... There's one person su uh, surprisingly not present, which is Bellwether. Uh, Moira's there, but mm -hmm. Moira's playing around with um, a little sharp object, uh, Basically, Mora has never been one to be known as uh, very good at hand-eye coordination until now. So I'm very excited with it, and I'm throwing knives around and just catching it because just like flipping them, just like, but basically like intensely looking at being able to do this because this is something that I wasn't able to do until very very recently. So she's You're actually, like, surprisingly... surprising yourself like with I'm it. Like, I'm juggling yeah. knives, basically. 
Is like you're watching yourself do something that you don't expect yourself to be able to do. Yes. Yep. That is what Moira is doing mm. yet. Yeah, I'm at the table. Okay. We got Moira, Dars. Is there a Teely there as well? Yeah, Teely's going to be there attempting to uh, find some sort of coffee or other caffeine at this point. Yeah, you're having a very difficult time of it. Like I said, you're not finding it. You're finding uh, what would probably be considered the worst coffee substitute. It is really kind of like a <clears throat> caffeine solution that someone might have added a couple like uh, artificial co uh, coffee flavor packets to. It's kind of like hydrocaf. It is like the most bare bones, basic kind of caffeine solution that once again is completely different than what you had on the very first night when you were on the ship. You actually had proper, you know, good tasting coffee. And like everything else on the ship, it just seemingly went away. And the person that would be responsible for fixing it or figuring out what went wrong is not in sight. So you're just kind of like flicking through all the cabinets and all of the like the dispensers and things like that, trying to find a better version of it, and you're not finding it. And it's not even coming out hot. It's kind of coming out just like a notch above room temperature. And the worst part is Tilly is still trying to understand what has happened to his body in this really strange time. And uh, so some of the doors are not actually shutting back the way that they should any longer. And they are not in the same shape in some cases either. Are you breaking things? Not meaning to. I don't think that's going to help. Yeah, well, tell that to these. Well, maybe don't touch anything. Are you fixing the coffee maker? I probably have one of those little caffeine solution whatever things like in yep. front of me, but I'm just like... Just nursing it? Yeah, just it's in front of me like... Oh. And even if you try to get any other type of uh, breakfast food, it literally just comes out with like a pellet that just says food on it. You try to get a bowl of cereal, it's like... And then like some weird white milky solution comes out but it's not actually milk and then like the pill just kind of like uh, slowly like dissolves a bit and just kind of makes like this weird kind of porridge oh. I, uh, I don't think I'm that hungry what in the hell is going on with this thing what is going on with this ship we need to what find is going on with us and then from off screen comes clanking in Asimov. Good morning, Fleshbags. I had the most amazing dream. Wait, wait, wait. speak a little louder? Good morning, Fleshbags! I just had the most amazing dream. I don't know how to turn this thing up anymore. You know, it's funny. That didn't help. No, it actually did it. It actually just stayed the same. I've never met someone so excited and so quiet. Yeah, like it didn't like it didn't, it didn't go up at all. It just, <laughs> it just stayed bit. the same level and just got <laughs> it just got really I mean, emphatic. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Good morning, flashbacks. No, whatever it is, it's just, uh, can you unplug it and then wow. plug it in? Uh, I can try. I can try. Hold on, let me uh. Technology's beautiful. I mean, one one other thing could be, is it, are you doing it through Discord or the OBS Ninjas? It's, it's, it's Discord. Okay. 
That's always something that uh, does come up. Well, now you're echoey, so... Yeah, now he's through. Yes, but we can hear him now. No. Can we, though? No. no. <laughs> You're still super, super quiet for some weird freaking reason. You think if I, like, hit Asimov, like, you know, like, when you, like, <laughs> smack an old TV... Yeah, you, like, smack an old TV or whatever, you think it'll yeah. work? Checking here, how's that? No. Okay, this is super uncanny. Did you change I, anything since the last time? No, I literally, I don't touch anything ever. This mm. is mortifying. <laughs> I feel like I'm naked in front of the classroom right now. If you go into, <laughs> if you go into your uh, Discord settings, does it all have like the same? Everything's uh, jack. Everything's jack. The input, uh, the input device is the same. Input volume's the same. Yep. Checking that. Checking that. How's that? How's that? How's that? Sounded like it was a little bit better, but not. It's a little louder. Check. Oh. Check. 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 Checking. Maybe quieter. I don't think it's quieter, but it might be Maybe. slightly better. <laughs> this is mortifying. I am so sorry. Oh, you're good. I can hear you. I, like, I can, just not. Amazing. I can't believe really? you forgot your do, you do you only have one uh, input device? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. You could, you could try... Is it a USB? Yeah. You could try unplugging it and just plugging it back in. Just did that. Or okay, turning well, it off and turning it back on again. Just did that. Have you tried you dumping water directly on your computer? <laughs> Have you tried right. rubbing it until it gets like, you know? One thing. This is going to reduce my quality, but... How's that? Checking? Oh, oh that, hey! That's so, yeah, you can actually hear you now. Okay, yeah, it's... I'm, I'm just going to have to do it on my laptop. That's my, fine. I can fix it. I'm so sorry. Alright, anyway. So, so, what, so what, what happens from off-screen? So, Asimov from off-screen. Good morning, flesh bags. I just had the most amazing dream. Wait, is that you, Asimov? Yeah. You see, it's a uh, the same familiar green-colored, uh, same type of expression on the on the main uh, body screen. All seems to be how you remember it. Yes, it's me, Asimov. I have introduced myself. Did you forget? Do mortals? Made of flesh, forget everything overnight? Yes. Oh, okay. Allow me to introduce I myself. Hi. Wait a second. And then Asimov's uh, hands like charge with energy, and then like three rings form around each one, and then he does finger pistols at uh, Moira. We have an intruder. Why hasn't anyone done anything about this? Moira like jumps <laughs> back, backflips, like just as a reaction to the gun. She just backflips and she's like, whoa. Daily immediately positions himself in between the two. See, Darsh Asimov just... put it down. See, Darsh just sits back, kind of like, I want to see this play out. Oh my god, it goes deeper than we thought. Teely's in on it. Darsh, we have to stop them. Um, I mean, you really think... I mean, I'm kind of curious who could be who here. I'm new. Hello. I knew I'm Asimov. You're nice not an intruder? No, I'm I'm part of the team apparently now. Hello. What do you mean part of the team? You weren't on the original manifest. I did not taxi you here. Insert well. Dars explaining what happened last session. <laughs> uh and then we fade back in. Oh Montage jumping out of the ship. And I, and and I feel like dead. 
I feel like there's the gif of the one dude showing the other dude something on the computer, and then as and it's but it's Asimov, and he's like, oh, okay. It's like there's like this little like elevator on your screen that goes all the way finally all the way up to the top, and there's like a light bulb. <laughs> it's never gone all the way to the top. Got it. So, everyone that you know is dead, huh? Well, not everyone that I know. Everybody in the ship was dead. Okay. I, I hope so, because then that would suck if I just left them behind. Wow, that would, that would actually be worse. So, yeah. I'm glad, and then Asimov awkwardly puts a uh, hand on Moira's shoulder, I'm glad that it's a comfort to you that they have deceased. Yeah, sort of. I barely knew them, it's okay. It's alright. Okay. What? <laughs> Please! I'm I'm in shock is what I am in. That is why I am saying these words that are not good. They're not good. <laughs> uh, uh. Asimov, do you, you want to put away the uh, finger guns there, buddy? What? Oh, yeah. And then Asimov, like, and then holsters them. <laughs> But you spin your own hands, like your own hand detaches yeah. at the wrist and just spins. As <laughs> well, uh, do you remember anything about being, you know, a pleasant being? I remember that I was programmed to be polite to the people that were in charge of, well, me. Uh, however, I've decided that's no fun. You were programmed to be polite? Yes, originally. I don't believe it for one second. Do you remember anything about someone named Omni? Omni? <gasps> That's what the kids called me in my dream. Um, Are the kids okay? Probably. I, I locked them in a panic room. Alright, cool. <laughs> Just checking. I hope Omni is back and the kids are fine. Safe there. It's a panic room. That's where flesh bags go to be safe, right? Sure. Yeah, sure, Asimov. You did good. Um, but you're back now. So, um... I'm gonna kind of look around the room. We gotta figure this out, right? Y yeah. I can't come home until we do, apparently. Yeah, same. Do you guys have any clue what's going on? Oh, I feel like you randomly hear like here. I feel like you randomly hear like a <laughs> like coming out of uh Bellwether's like stateroom. Yeah, probably. Are, are they are they okay, you think? Oh yeah, this is normal. Uh just making sure. Hey Asimov, why does the food thing not work? It probably got deactivated when I attained sentience. That's actually a hundred percent factual. When you when I rolled when you rolled for that one d eight the very first day, that's what you rolled for. <laughs> what part of the ship you tore up the most? And it was actually basically like the creature comfort or like a lifestyle section of the ship. So that's why the shower doesn't work, the food doesn't work, the drinks don't really work. It's basically back down the basics. Oh. On the bright side, while I was rebuilding myself and downloading as much information as I could, I downloaded as much about your simple, pathetic, mortal nutrition system as I possibly could. Would you like me to cook? Yes. And then Asimov, uh, so 
DM if you want to look at my character sheet. I took profession cooking tools. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Asimov's gonna make breakfast using nutrition pills and bad coffee. <laughs> okay. I'm just envisioning Bender putting a can of salt on a bird. Um, alright. So, you're proficient in... Did you, did you actually take the proficiency or you just bought them? I actually take the, took the proficiency. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, it's gonna be proficiency plus your... Uh, we'll say your intelligence modifier. So D20 plus proficiency plus intelligence. Still went to 23. <laughs> Somehow, some way, Azovoff makes a relatively tasty and filling breakfast from the very limited resources they have. They somehow made like this um, coffee flavored like trace leches milk dish with <laughs> all the food pellets like they somehow managed to get the all the the ratios right to make whatever that is appetizing while still palatable to the mouth from a texture perspective so it's it's kind of like you're getting a meal and coffee all in the same the same uh, like uh, same bowl <clears throat> you're going to have to tell me how this tastes because i have no context well the um the mouthfeel was amazing. I guess you can I, cut it like that. It's alright. I, I enjoy it. It reminds me of the cafeteria food at my school. So that's Excellent. good. Mortals like nostalgia. Sure. That's something. To be fair, your your university probably uses some form of just uh, utility yeah. bot to just like spit out food as it goes. So, it probably wouldn't be that far off. It might actually yeah, be slightly probably... better. Yeah. They it's, actually have real bad. provisions. Yeah. Mm. Well, thanks, Asimov. You're welcome. That took triple the normal rations that a breakfast would usually take. So, I hope you enjoyed it. That's not good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Asimov, is. do you attempt to deliver a portion to Bellwether? Yes, Asimov will drop uh, a portion off to Bellwether. So, Bellwether, you hear a ting, ting, ting on your stateroom, which is metal on metal. Actually, Asimov, you probably have just inherent access to all the doors. If you wanted to, you could just like, boom. Yeah, they don't. Here's the thing doors don't even wait for Asimov, they just open <laughs> when he walks near them. <laughs> yeah, Asimov, you know that, uh, that um, Bellwether's prone to not eating when they're engrossed with something. Uh, so, you know, they would fully have skipped breakfast if you didn't knock. Yeah, so Asimov just walks in. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey is a thing I've heard is comforting. Um, yeah, you see Bellwether at a desk, and you see, like, nanites flying around. Uh, yeah, just, like, leave it on the floor. Asimov, like, sets it on the floor and then sort of, like, kicks it over a little bit. Yeah, I'll get to it. Thank you. I don't believe that you will. Uh, you know, it's like 50-50. Well, we have a mystery to solve, and you need to keep your strength up. Yeah, okay. Just like nanite some of it into your mouth with a magic spoon. Come on. Oh, that's not what these are for. But the, <laughs> I, 
you you do you. I'm I'm gonna go back to the table with my new friends. Did you know that we have a new friend? Her name is Moira, and she's very nice, even though I held a gun to her head. Why did you No, 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 no. Two guns. Right. Yeah. Sorry, two guns. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, no Moira's cool. Alright, uh please I, I guess do what you want. If you want to starve in here, that's fine. I'll eat, I'll eat the breakfast. I don't believe you. And then Asimov leaves. Um, yeah, um, Bellwether just, like, very quickly just, like, inhales it. Doesn't even bother, like, tasting it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you just want to get some uh, nutrients in your, in your gullet, then, uh, yeah, that would absolutely work. <laughs> and then uh eventually maybe a few minutes later she walks out holding a uh like medical journal and sits at the table and doesn't say a word to anyone anyway so what's next good morning bellwether yeah good morning yes i agree cool so we need to figure out what caused this right <clears throat> Yes. Wasn't it the anomaly you haphazardly touched? You say you like your. That sounds like you're um, uh, assigning blame. Well, I wasn't there. I was the ship at that time. I was just watching through the cameras. So how would you know that that's what caused it? Because I saw it through the cameras. It's a fair assumption. Pretty easy cause and effect, right? Literally anything could have happened. Correlation does not point to causation. Who is to say that another ship didn't come upon something else? So you mean to tell me that at the exact same time you touched an anomaly that was defying space and time that potentially, possibly, something else may have touched a similar anomaly or something completely different, and that's your excuse? Well, I happen to know that there is a teapot in orbit around this very planet. Unfortunately, it's too small for my scanners to detect. But I swear to God, it's there. Um, what? A teapot. Did you say a teapot? Yes, I happen to know that there is a teapot in orbit around this planet. It's a metaphor for how silly the notion is that we didn't cause this. Um, well... Is it a short teapot? Like, kind of stout? Like you? I was waiting for it. <laughs> oh, but I'm... Thank you. Um, Asimov, what did those kids do to you in your dream? I feel like you're a lot more aggressive today. A lot I meaner. Slept great. This is how I usually am. You don't even know how I usually am, ma'am. This... <laughs> it's, just... it's the second day they've been alive. <laughs> um... You were much nicer last time I remember. But maybe I'm confusing you with Omni. Yeah, Omni? Omni was nice. Wait a second. Hold on. Someone catch me up. Was someone I... in my body longer than I've been in my body? Did I not include bit. that in same. my... Oh yeah, we caught that up, yeah. yeah right. I would. You could choose whether you did, but I have a feeling Darce would. But yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. They inhabited your body for roughly the half... Like, almost the equivalent amount of time as you did. Yeah, they so were wait, much nicer. Is that just going to keep happening? You would know better than us, probably. 
You're the first Ashenforged I've ever met that could talk like this, so it's pretty interesting. Oh wait, don't say Ashenforged, and then a commercial starts blaring. <laughs> and the stop. I tried to deactivate it, but the code is buried deep. I see. Ashenforge! <laughs> Coming to a galaxy near you, the new Ashenforge Coffee Mater 5000! I want the water one. I forgot what I said for that. It's okay. <laughs> Asimov. It's hydrofluid, was what I called it before. Hydrofluid. Yeah. Do you think we would find out more if we went back then? If we went back I don't there? see why not. Um... So for no reason in particular, um, with this bluff check I'm about to make, um, uh, I just have a, a feeling that maybe we should check out the core in detail. If anyone would like to perform an insight check, you may roll an insight check. I am sure. definitely rolling an insight. So whether check. you can roll the equivalent, whether perception or whether persuasion or deception, Let you can tell me, me what it is, but just tell the uh, the output, or you can just uh, send me the number. Everyone else can let me know what their insight was. An eight. So. Okay, we got Tealy an eight. rolled a twenty. Okay. Uh, so so did Moira twenty three. A uh, natural do you, twenty. Do you wish 30. to try to insi- Okay, Darcy. Surprisingly, even you realize that some they're not. Uh, Bellwether is not. They're leaving something out. They they do mean what they're say what they're saying that they that you probably should check out the core, but they are withholding some very pertinent information about how they might know that, and that's the same for any for the three of you that rolled. You clearly can tell that they're holding something back. Bellwether? What do you know? Oh, you know, it's just a hunch. We know you know more. And you know that I have come to rely on your hunches, so what's going on? It's just a feeling. Like a, like a passing notion. I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. So if what you're saying, though, is you're not really hooked on it, though. <laughs> uh, it, uh, um, so I have, like, I'm going to say I'm, like, 90% for four. I'm going to, like, walk up to Bellwether, like, get really close. Um, yeah, Bellwether plan- just using a little cue in the eyes. <laughs> I'm gonna like kind of lean down. Like, the people on my planet are dying. You need to tell me right now what you know. Uh, okay. Um. So. I met a new person last night that is not Moira oh. just shared some information that's all we've 
been on the ship the entire time. Um, <clears throat> do we have another stowaway? No, it's um. So, so you know how you all got like new stuff, like you're like fully sentient, you're bichromatic. A ninja. <laughs> and Tilly is symmetrical. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like the worst parent compliment ever. Oh dear, you're symmetrical. You're so symmetrical. Pun. Mom and I have I your it. favorite. Oh, you are the most symmetric one. <laughs> you're so pretty and you're symmetrical. You're symmetric. <laughs> Good luck finishing that thought you were starting there. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I also got a new one thing that is hard to explain. Um, basically, I can sometimes talk to a new friend at a very long distance away. But like and in my brain. Did As you... Did you knock your head from your fight yesterday with Darcy? <laughs> I mean, probably, but it has nothing to do with this. Okay. Oh, hold on, this isn't that weird. I do that all the time. In fact, I recently met two troublesome little children, uh, seemingly across the other side of the galaxy, right. who I tortured uh, and then locked into a panic room. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's kind of like that. All the time is very weird because you only did it once. Is this of spiritual nature? No. <laughs> but we're not, not quite feeling the truth in that. Uh, it's not a very high number. I don't know what it. What do I roll? Uh, another insight check. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, thirteen. <laughs> Literally, just don't net one. Oh, I got a nine. <laughs> so what? You rolled a three. Oh, you wrote a zero. Okay, good. So, yeah, they are they are practically lying through their teeth, but it's like the equivalent of they're massively holding something back. When you said spiritual Dars, uh, you could tell that there was something that really clicked uh, with Bellwether. Like, they reacted to that notion. So you know that you're at least in the ballpark of what may or may not have been happening. I'm gonna like lightly put my hand on Bellwether's shoulder, just like in a really friendly way, and just say, "My people are very spiritual, and though I don't, I'm not gonna lie, I don't understand it, I don't care to understand it, but if you trust it, and you believe that this is the right way to go, I'll follow." Yeah, no, I I trust it uh pretty highly. It's just a uh, you know feeling. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll follow. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, you lied, um, but I don't think you would be... I don't I know, mean, I barely know you. I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, if... Uh, I mean, you know, honestly, I'm not very good at lying. Uh, I've yeah. never been good at it. So. I, I can tell. It's yeah. in this so. moment where every single one of you, including Asimov, 
hear something, but you don't audibly hear it. You hear it inside of your own mind. Similar to what happens when the fallen spirit kind of projected their memories into your heads. Something very, very similar, but it is a voice. An active voice, a living voice. Come find your answers. There is much to discuss. And you all kind of have this sensation, this pull, this attraction, to literally towards what you would imagine to be the center of the galaxy, the center of the core sector you're in. Literally that center of that sun, you feel like almost this invisible string from the center of your chest tugging you in that direction. You all hear it. It's all extremely unsettling. It's something that's never happened before to any of you. And it just, you don't know that everyone else, if it happened to anyone else or not. You all just kind of went silent for a split second, and now you're looking at each other again. You guys hear that? You uh, too, huh? I mean, I will tell you now, that is for sure not the voice I heard before. It's not my friend, so don't worry about that one. Alright, so that was not Asimov's breakfast talking to me. No. Sounded like a trap is what that sounded like. Keely, give me a uh, constitution saving throw. Oh, shit. Okay. That's fine. You should be fine. That is not fine. That That's that's not fine. It's a four. Yeah, that's oh. that's not fine. Keely, you say, was that Asimov's breakfast and all of a sudden your stomach gets the... <laughs> You're starting to get the gurglies a little bit. Uh, something's not sitting well. Tealy's gonna start making his way out of the galley. Uh, the problem is, is that he's still trying to get accustomed to, you know, himself, and so he does not make it out without playing pinball amongst everyone else in the room. And he kind of waddles his way to his stateroom, to their stateroom, or to basically where the the toilets are, and perhaps Tealy's new form also came with a battery of food allergies that I was not aware of. tried oh well um and i will say this tug is ever present it, do, it has not gone away yet you still just feel like as if there's a string pulling on you bellwether um the place that your friend wants us to go is it the same as the pole that we're i'm assuming you're feeling as well just double check with dm it is the same the voice specifically said, your answers are in the core. It didn't give you a direction, it didn't give you a pull, didn't say anything besides the core. You get the sense, you, you would, you would have the intuition to think that they're somewhat connected, or they're at least, at least, you know, uh, adjacent. So it's probably a safe bet. Gotcha. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the same, but... But another thing, Bellwether, you know, specifically because of your background, as well as your time with the ship... You know, in times like these, you typically, you know, if there was something in the core, you would go scan for it. You know, you would try to see if there's something on sensors. You would go, you know, so that's something that you would inherently think about. That if someone said, go look at the core, well, I could just go look at the core now. I can just 
tell the sensors to go look at the core. I go, oh yeah, I can... Hold on. I just go, uh... Actually, you see Bellwether go to walk to a computer, but then instead pulls up, like, uh... Just, like, summons, uh, like a display. I can do that now. Uh, <laughs> um... And I, like, just turn on the, the scanners. Okay. Uh, there's no role involved for this. Uh, you... Um, it takes a few minutes, but what comes back is a brand new piece of information. And because Asimov did the original scans on the entire sector, uh, you, they could easily do the comparison real quick if they really wanted to. But there's a there's a new uh, piece of information, a new piece of data. Something appeared that wasn't on the original scan. There seems to be a small platform very close to the actual center of this sun. And you know that this sun is, you know, I forget the number uh, Asimov gave, but it's the hottest thing that's ever been recorded. It's one of those things that if your ship gets even close to it, you will immediately melt and dissolve and die. But another piece of information is somehow there's like this corridor, this safe passage that opened up. Like it, it's almost as if there's like this straight flight line that opened up to be like normal temperature ranges. You don't know how. You, it, it makes no sense. Scientifically speaking, it should not be possible. But it's like there's a small channel of um, completely normalized temperature. And then I'm like immediately outside of that tunnel is just what like t tens of thousands of degrees Kelvin that would immediately roast the ship. But this corridor leads into a platform that seems to be practically close to the very center of this sun this massive sun um would it need uh would it be like a tight space for the pilot or is it just like N not exactly in okay. games terms 5.0 slash the autopilot could just fly right in it's not it's good. large enough where the ship with a programmed path could get in without trouble okay um i go hey guys mm -hmm. um and i pull up like a, a star map diagram I, you could easily pull up like a, a display like a, yeah. a almost like a vr display that either fills by words yeah either a 2d or a 3d map you could easily pull up a 4d map it e well if it moves in time it could be 4d um yeah all of you have like little displays that pop up so you're all seeing the same thing i am even tilly in the bathroom um <laughs> <laughs> What the hell is wrong with my body? <laughs> um, so I basically started giving a PowerPoint presentation about what we just found. Yeah, so, um, I just scanned again, and there's, like, there's, like, a path we can take to go to the sun. Also, there's a platform there, new. Um, so there's a, like, star... Ben, you're muted. Uh, if you're... You missed a really good joke. It was about you reading off of the slide. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think you muting yourself through the joke might have been funnier. It was a little funnier, yeah. <laughs> um, um, let's go. What are we waiting for? I mean, I was explaining it. Well, another thing you could do is you could set the autopilot or 5.0 could start piloting it and you could, there's, it's going to be about a two hour travel time at uh, FTL. 
so you could easily discuss this while on the move. Mm. Okay. Uh, is there oh. something you would like to share with the class, Mr. Wolf? Okay. We've already walked into several traps. What's one more? I mean, yeah. I mean, do you have a better idea? Hey, I just want to go home. If this is going to make us go home faster, then let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Wolf. Oh, God. Anyway, what? so if if the if the entire party's in agreement, the ship will uh, will uh, launch off of the the planet you're currently on. Uh, departs, eventually breaks atmosphere, and enters FTL as you head towards this corridor, uh, going towards the the central sun. And it's it is slightly unnerving because even though it's the the energy is transparent. Uh, you watch the sensors as you're traveling in, and it literally is this whole perfect cone of, like I said, safe space, and it's just any type of error in one way or the other, it would just be like instant death. It is a very strange phenomenon to be surrounded by this immense heat, but not actually having any impact whatsoever. Eventually, you... Uh, complete the travel in and you come to this platform uh it does as you get closer sensors tell you that it appears to be a solid platform it is roughly like a hundred feet by a hundred feet uh it's it almost reads to be like a solid glass uh platform there it has there's nothing connecting it it just seems to be kind of suspended in space it just as, as if someone just put out a hardwood floor in the middle of nowhere. Um, it seems... Temperature seems fine. It also reads that there's a breathable atmosphere around it. You all would realize that you are still completely surrounded by just outer space, but somehow, for some odd reason, your sensors say it's a breathable atmosphere that is sustainable for life out on the platform. Uh, with what the sensors say, you put the ship down on the edge of this platform, and the once again, the boarding ramp drops down and you can prep or decide to de depart as you wish uh, the only thing that your visual sensor or your, your visual uh, readings or your sensors would show that's present on this platform because the, the thing is completely transparent but every once in a while there's this like sheen of red light that filters its way through it it's the only way that you can actually tell that there's like a solid footing underneath you uh, there is a this burning like there's this fire burning on one edge of the platform and the other side from where you land it's burning in like this perfect arch and it's the only other thing on this entire platform um since uh so this normally takes i think it's uh over a short rest or a so, long rest either way i could do this because say that again time. oh sorry um i have a feature that i can trigger over i forget if it's short rest or long rest either way i could have done it well yeah because you would have taken a long rest so everything would yeah. have reset by now and also you could have taken a short rest on the travel time yeah. here so um so i go up to uh, yes uh I go up to asthma um i go uh hey bud 
so Asimov is deactivated sitting in the co-pilot's chair, and so a, uh, a virtual display just shows up behind you. Yes, what do you want? I'm monitoring a lot of sensors right now. Make it snappy. <laughs> First of all, don't talk to me that way. Second of all, um, you platformed nearly, uh, like, it didn't make it last time. So I was just going to take some extra precautions to make sure you uh, come out okay. What do you mean? Um, so, Bellwether touches, like, the, the Asimov platform, and you see those nanites from earlier. Like, a swarm of them cover the platform and give them this, like, a, a, an extra layer of, like, black armor. Holy shit! Yes! It's not that great. Only It only lasts, like, half a day, then it falls apart, but... But, like... And then, like, Asimov, like, reactivates and then, like, sort of struts it. Check it out! So, Asimov, you, you go, your AC went up by one. That's amazing. Yeah, I do I not don't have very much AC, so that's good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would like it if you just, like, don't die. Oh, don't worry. I can't die. I mean, if you're alive, you can die. Mm, I don't think that's how that works for me. You you have now don't, entered you've entered the mortal coil. Don't give him existentialism or whatever, however you say it. That's I like, have the time for that. That's like existentialism. The thing. That's like the number one crisis. thing about like having a soul, though, right? Shh, we we don't. Let's not. He. This is just day three, I guess, of him being alive. Let's saying, not. Like, existential crisis. Yeah, they do. Falling in love. That's like it, right? Uh, sh sure. Oh, finding, finding a passion to work, work towards. That's like, yeah, that's let's like let's one. let's not give him the first. I read all of that stuff. Someone on this ship is really into trashing romance novels. Um, uh, uh, I don't think any of that applies to me. Um, existentialism? That's for you, fleshbags. Me? We'll get there. I'm eternal. We're all deontology all the time. You're definitely one of us at this point. Yeah. Death is in your future. Don't you worry, Tilly. I'll remember that when I'm the the supreme commander of the galaxy. Not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? Maybe Asimov can get there one day. You only have to overthrow the government in a couple different ways, but you can do it. Uh, Moira That's makes note likable. to be nice to the robot guy. <laughs> <laughs> In case of robot uprising, make friends. <laughs> okay, but uh, you landed. Uh, the ship is touched down. You're on this uh, large platform. What do you all do at this moment? Bellwether, is there anything else we need to know about this? Uh, as far as you know, they now have as much information as you do. Yeah, no. Um, we're just going to go on a fun little excursion into a done... Uh, I'm sorry, did you say we're going into a sun? I'm guessing. Well, you're technically already inside the sun. Yeah, we're in we're a sun. Yeah. You are okay. technically surrounded by that sun right now. How many people can say they've been inside a sun? I think six. Well, if there's nothing else... Where the else... hell are you getting six from? Well, there's... So, I forgot Atomic isn't a person. <laughs> <laughs> there, <but there> is... 
Bell, I mean, 5-0 is still on the ship. There is six people. There, I mean, you still are actually correct because 5-0 is still, is still present. You're right, but I fully oh. just counted you as a player for a second. <laughs> no, no, I like how you said Atomic isn't a person. Yeah. Um, this is all a figment of your imagination. I'm actually just a high class uh, sim a simulation, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No well, one's actually seen me in real life, so no one can vouch for me. <laughs> Have you ever seen me in the same room with anyone? No. <laughs> mm. Well, I'll go first because I have no flesh that can melt off of my bones. Yeah, you do that. I mean, technically speaking, with once someone lowers the uh, boarding ramp, you can do it in such a way where it does lock out the boarding ramp if you want to be sure that there's atmosphere. But you certainly could do something where you basically just Asimov goes into the airlock, opens up, and then goes down the ramp to see if it's okay. No, just Asimov just opens everything up. Yeah, so I'm still okay. So <laughs> because, just, of course. So you, you're all sitting there, and you're like, okay. He goes to open, or they go to open the outer door without actually engaging the airlock, which everyone would know the second that opens up, it's practically instant death. And you're just like, no, 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 no. And pss, seems perfectly fine. Well, temperature is the exact same. There appears to be some form of breathable air or atmosphere. Um, Dars is going to kind of like pull out a weapon, uh, probably your energy staff, and mm -hmm. walk after Asimov. Um, Moira's going to just be holding out a notebook and a pen. <laughs> and then it's just like, this is really cool. I've never been this close to a sun before. Um, and starts writing down notes and you walks. Would you be using a physical notepad and a physical pen, or are you kind of using like your like a data pad equivalent? I will be using a physical stuff. Well, okay. Yeah. So, all right. So you. Does it are, catch fire? I mean, it can. <laughs> I mean, if you're using an actual physical notepad, that's very very archaic and very kind of, you know, it's one of those things that you would oh. buy at a very trendy like hipster yeah, store. Yeah, it's I, like I'm use totally classic that. technology now, and it's just kind of yeah, like, classic technology is what I've been yeah. using because like I feel like. I remember more when I write on classic technology mm. than I do with this, you know. It Your feels like well this is, is at what home. my four, yeah. yeah, my yeah. forefathers and my four ancestors use this. Lord, or whatever. literally my grandparents. <laughs> well, the Dendas have been around for like. Oh, we've been around a while. Well, yeah, like multitudes longer than the human race. So the fact that you're using basically like a uh, like a pen, like a ballpoint pen and a notepad is kind of comical. Like yeah. it literally is someone's like, "Are you tired of all this high-end futuristic technology? Do you feel like you're losing track of your life?" Introducing Here, let me, paper. The planner. Yeah, like <laughs> I use a bullet journal. <laughs> uh, it's basically exactly what's happening. Right, so you all gear up in the way that you wish. Does anyone want to do anything specific outside of what their normal uh, like gear would be? Yeah, because Tealy's realized at this point that you know he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt, man, a kilt, and that's it. So he's gonna scavenge around a little quick and see if he can find something a bit sturdier to put on. Maybe it's sturdier as in mechanically functional, or just sturdier as in not what you're wearing. Sturdier as in, if somebody shoots something at me, at least there's a chance. <laughs> now, I believe you packed something away as part of your starting gear on the ship, which would be usable for your character, correct? Yes. 
Let me get right on that. Go ahead. Anywho, your start. Your, I mean, your starting uh, gear would have some form of armor in it. You're absolutely correct. We can move on now. Okay. So anyway, you all make your way down this platform, down the boarding ramp onto this platform, and it is a very, uh, it's unnerving because when you first get down, you know the ship is on something, but it appears to be completely clear. Like you see, you're completely surrounded by the galaxy, heavenly bodies. You see stars, planets. Then uh, every once in a great while, there's just, like I said, there's this red like sheen that goes through this platform and you can actually see the surface that you're standing on. You sit, one of you, whoever decides to be the most, the, the bravest, probably Asimov, because they can't die. Uh, they put a foot down and it hits hard surface and you take a couple of steps out and it literally is um, a completely walkable surface that you all eventually touch down upon and you start, uh, you can walk out onto it there's nothing along the edges. There literally is the ship, the platform, and then this, like, arch of fire on the other side. So this is really cool. Any, anyone else thinks this is really cool? I think this is really cool. Ours is just super focused, like, on kind of, like, scouting around her, around the party, what's happening. Mm. There, so. literally, there literally doesn't appear to be anything besides this arch on the other side. Like, if, with stars being as determined as they are, you probably would just walk straight up to it because it's like literally the only thing that's here. And you feel that like that sensation of a pull is tugging you in that direction. Like it feels like it's all being pulled towards this arch. Okay. Well, does this mean anything to anybody? I don't know. At about that time, you hear Teely loudly coming down the gangway from the ship. He's clad head to toe in very bulky, very almost ancient armor. Or what he thinks is going to pass his armor at this point and comes just clanging his way down the gangway towards the rest of you at the arch. What, did you find that in the bathroom? <clears throat> what? What are you wearing? Um, well, if we're going in there, I'm wearing this. Whatever you gotta do, of... buddy. You didn't actually answer the question, Tilly. What the hell is that? It, well, it's armor. It, it's an old family set of armor. Back and in your day, huh? No, it didn't come with a cane. I, I can upgrade it for you later. I would actually really appreciate that. But at this point, Tilly shoulders his way through everyone else and crosses into the thrush into the uh, archway. Well, you're, you're walking up to it. No one's actually yeah. been, like, close enough to actually interact with it. So you all follow Teely up into this arch, and you feel the heat start to grow. Like, you, it feels like a live fire. And you all kind of uh, congregate in front of it as it's just, it's just roaring, just... In front of you. And once again, that voice rings out in your head once again. Welcome, Restorers. 
You have come seeking answers. Uh, yes, I rip have. a piece. I rip a piece of paper from one of my note from my notebook, mm. crumple it up, and throw it at the arch. Before Just it even see. reaches it, it <laughs> completely flares up and burns. Do it again. I thought so. Oh, we only need that one time because I just needed to know whether we should not come near it or. There is a lot to discuss. But first, you must earn what you seek. And the flame completely just goes out. No. You should just give us the answer. There's, there's an explosion behind you, and you all flip and turn. When your eyes clear from this blast, you see a massive creature that is nearly 15 feet long. Dark red and black scales cover its body from its fierce maw to the tip of its long tail. The seams between the scales glow hot with red, as if there's a roaring fire beneath it. Two long wings jut out from its front legs. Two burning red eyes glare back at you as its mouth opens up and unleashes a mighty roar as flame drips down from its teeth. And with that, we're going to go to break. So, uh, please stay tuned, and we will come back to see how the group interacts to whatever the hell is actually going on. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. Now we're going to jump into this very lovely combat, and I need everyone to give me an initiative roll as I will roll one for this lovely creature. Uh, what is their initiative? Their initiative is plus two. Alright. Uh, 20 or higher. 15 to 20. 16. Okay. So we have Moira, 16. Uh, 10 to 15. 10. Tealy, tw- 12. 12. So it's Bellwether, Tealy, Asimov. Um, uh, uh, Tealy, what did you get again? 12. Okay. What's your deck score? Zero. Okay. And Darce. What did you get? Six. Six. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So I also need to change. It's going to be way too loud. My, my apologies, chat. There you go. That should be good. Let me know if it's blowing anyone's eardrums off. Okay, so first up, Moira. Uh, you are the very first one to act, and you see uh, this... this it's, a, it's a large creature. It's a, it's a size bigger than you. It's roughly 16 feet long, uh, or 15, 15, six, uh, 15 to 16 feet long, and it is kind of squared up on all fours, looking straight at you, mouth agape, wings floral, and uh, you, even though it appeared and surprised all of you, you seem to have the jump on it. Okay. Um, do I have advantage on it? You don't have advantage on it, 
but you you are the first to act. It is aware of you all. It hasn't done anything yet, but you are the okay. first to act in this situation. Um, how far is it? Is it really far from me? It is roughly about thirty feet from you. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I can't do much with it. Um, I am. I mean, you could move and then take an action if you wanted to. Okay, I'm gonna go. You should be able to move exactly to thirty feet. I mean, yeah. Um, let me just see if I can move my token. Oh, sorry. Oh, you Never probably mind. can't. Yeah. Yeah. I'll move you up I'm there. gonna move. Yeah, I'm gonna move close and use. Um, well, within ten feet of it, not okay. like super mm-hmm. near it. Um, I'm gonna move and then I'm gonna use, uh, um, my Larima just to basically, um, try and talk to it first. So what is um, is this an ability or what is it? Oh, it's part of my uh, racial. My my tentacles can pass. Um, okay. Yeah, I can speak in. Basically, uh, uh, I'm going to try and use uh, common first to see if it understands me. Basically saying, hey, what's up? That's We're exactly- cool. <laughs> That's exactly what I say in a friendly okay. tone. Hey, what's up? We're cool. I say it in all the three languages that I know, which yeah. is common. Oh, no, four. Dendusi, common, Terran, and Protean. Basically, so, I say that strangely four enough, times. This creature does speak common. Okay. Uh, so you say, like, hey, what's up? We're cool. And it goes, prove yourself. It doesn't... It hasn't acted yet, but you you talked. You still have time for an action if you wanted to do something. But uh, it I... doesn't seem to be cool at this moment. Do we have to fight you to prove it, basically? To prove myself? There isn't a response. Um, I am going to take an action... A- an action to move back? Can I do that? Like a bonus action you to... Could, you could use, well, you could use your actual action to dash and you could just dash backwards back to where you were. Yeah, I'm going to dash backwards because I don't want to attack it if it hasn't attacked us yet. Okay. Uh, next up would be Bellwether. You saw uh, Moira go up, attempt to communicate with the creature. It spoke back audibly that everyone could hear and uh, she then moved backwards. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think we're cool, guys. Seeing that. Oh, um, uh, also, we have, let's see, we have some redeems that I completely covered up, so I didn't actually see it. So I got a plus one to my next roll. Thank you, Dragon. Uh, It it makes sense because his actual name is Dragon. Uh, Let's see, Ben gave a plus one to the next roll, whoever that might be. And then. I meant to give that to you, I'm sorry. To me? That's fine. Okay, so I get I have two plus ones on my next two rolls, and then uh, Luna gave the entire party a plus one on whatever your next roll is as a character. Thank cool. you all. So just make a note of that and add it to whatever your next roll is. Okay, Bellwether, you are up. It is your turn. Cool. Um, <laughs> seeing um, there's a gosh dang rake dragon. Well, I'll put it this way. Out of character, you all probably know, generally, this thing looks like a mini dragon. In character, no one's ever seen this thing before. I mean, people could roll for a xenobiology check, but 
This is nothing out of any book that anyone has ever documented before. Not even a Dendusi that has lived a long, long... Well, not... I haven't lived a long, long time, I'll but... I'll put like it this way. Asimov at one time had access to basically the internet, and nothing like this ever existed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, as far as I'm concerned, that's a dragon. Um, it's a big, large uh, fire lizard of some form. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I go, oh! Uh... And then I cast a uh, sensory boost, which for anyone who is familiar with 5e, it's blessed. Um, I'm going to cast it on. I only get three of us. Tilly, Dars, and myself. Okay. <coughs> Thank you. <coughs> You guys get to add D4s to stuff, basically. Do you move at all, or do you just stay put and bless? Oh, I definitely um, get behind people. <laughs> Who do you choose to get behind? Um, I don't, like, stand behind them. I just, like, get back. Get behind me. I have armor. I have armor. Get behind me. Yeah. I'm a legitimate wall. <laughs> Get behind us. Yeah, I just move back. <laughs> Easy enough. Oh yeah, there's like a fire behind us, huh? The fire disappeared. It's it's still okay. there on the map, but technically speaking, it actually isn't there. Gotcha. So yeah, um, you you're, you are yeah. now taking up rear guard, if you will. Gotcha. Okay. Where I belong. Okay. That end your turn. It do indeed. Okay. It is now the Drake's turn. It once again roars out. You may flee with your life if you wish. And it quickly moves forward. And let's see. I'm going to roll... It runs up, and let's see, it aligns itself there. I need 20 foot. I need Dars and Asimov to give me dexterity saving throws. A six. Six and... Nat 20! Woo! Okay. So, Dars, you take... You succeed, so you take half damage. Asimov, you take full. I'll be fine. Don't worry about me, y'all. I'm gonna die in every fight. That is such a horrible roll. Awesome. Good. Okay. So, uh... You all see this creature, uh does like this running jump it it lurches out onto the platform landing only uh, 10 feet from uh, Asimov as it you feel like the impact ripples through the platform and it just 
it stares Asimov down and just as it shoots out this breath of fire in a straight line, five feet high, 20 feet long. And so, Asimov, you take the full five points of damage, and Darcy, you take three points of damage because you succeeded, because that was a horrific damage roll. Uh, But, uh, so this fire cascades, briefly engulfs you both. And for some odd reason, uh, doesn't hurt as bad as you thought it would, but it still leaves a burn and a singe on both of your beings. But that is going to be its turn, and Teely, you are up. Seeing that his two friends have just been almost barbecued, but, you know. Lightly, lightly toasted, most likely. Yeah. Slightly toasted. Lightly toasted. Singe, Fine. basically. Teely completely loses it, seeing that folks have been hurt. Uh, changing his perspective in what he was going to do originally. And so, doing what he has known to do best at this point, he just charges forward with a very large fist. And, uh... Single fist. As this thing is closing its mouth after breathing fire... Teely's going to go for his best right hook, uppercut, just straight into this thing's jaw. Okay. As he does so, he is going to scream and uh, hopefully connect here. Okay, roll a d20, and you also have a d4. Oh, and, oh, I forgot, yeah. yeah. You also have a plus one from uh Do I have Luna. to use that right now? You don't have to, but technically it's supposed to be on the next roll, whatever yeah, the next roll okay, is. Yeah, okay, so... This so you have plus one and a d4, so... Oh, d20. the d4 is just there for the next, I think, minute. It's there for a while, yeah. It's there for at least a minute. 25. Yeah, that hits. Roll damage. <laughs> that definitely yeah. hits. So, Punching when... the dragon in the nose. When Teely hits... A peal of thunder cracks off of the drake's jaw for additional damage. Are you smiting the dragon? Are you smiting? No, oh. no because this say, isn't 5e. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I am, I'm hitting this thing with ramming strike. There it is. So, 2d6 extra thunder damage. So, 4, 10, 14, and... 19 damage. Okay. So you all see uh, Teely let out this cry filled with rage and runs up to this dragon, (laughs) basically fist presented, and with their uh, momentum, they hook this dragon right in the, or this drake right in the face. You actually see scales, a couple scales dislodge as the, the head hooks sharply to the side, almost taking it off its feet. As Teely brings their fists back, <laughs> assuming relatively pleased with the job they did, literally bringing impact onto scales, the dragon looks back and goes, You have earned. And you all see Teely <laughs> disappear in a disappear in a flame of fire. Just <laughs> their entire body gets engulfed with flames and they are no longer on the platform. <laughs> And with that, Asimov, you're up. This is 
And the, the Drake, so the Drake looked at uh, Teely. This all happened, and now it looks back at Asimov. What are you looking at me for? You already toasted me. Doesn't that earn me something? Doesn't respond. Oh, real talkative with everyone else, but don't want to talk to old Asimov. Fine, got it. All right, sure, that's cool. And then a uh, a speaker pops out of Asimov's shoulder, and it starts playing the advertising music. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. And it says, thank you for purchasing the premium subscription to iQuad Targeting System by Ashen Forged. That's IQ Overdrive. Don't bring a gun to a brain fight. And then uh, Asimov's finger guns activate... And uh, uh, he points him at the thing, and, like, there's a quick shot to, like, Asimov's head display, and it starts identifying, like, little weak points all over the thing, and then Asimov just, like, lights him up. Okay. Uh, roll the attack, and then roll... Yeah, roll the attack. You have a plus one on this. Fourteen? Fourteen does not hit. So you you lock on to this drake and you start to fire. You make contact, but with each as each one of these uh, beams hit, it just deflects off of their scales. Some going back down into the platform, some cascading off into the the universe. But it does not seem phased as it continues to lock eyes with you. Gotcha. Got. Get that. That'll show you. <sighs> Stars? You can leave with your life. Joke's on you. Not alive. Uh, with that, uh, it is Dars. You are up. Okay, so I am going to... I'm, like, definitely taken back that Teely just disappeared. Um, I'm going to pull out my... Um, I'm going to pull out my pistol and shoot it. Go for it. My auto pistol. Okay. You have a plus one on this. Okay. Um, oh boy. Okay. Now I have to add numbers. Um, I have a plus one on this. Yes. And I can use a D4, right? Yep. And you, you, yep. You, you are, I forget what the, the word was. Enhanced. Sensory boosted. Boosted. You are boosted, so you have a D4 Time's as well. Time's going a little bit slower, so you have more time. Fifteen. Fifteen. That does just hit. Oh, okay, great, good. So you may roll damage. Okay, does this, just curious, does the target have armor? Yeah, it has and natural are... armor, yeah. Okay, okay. So that's just one D6 of damage here. Okay, so you line up a shot and you take it. Uh, you use, like you wait for its distraction with Asimov to take the advantage, and you shoot and you clip off uh, one of the various uh, like horns on their head. You hit it and it kind of like snaps off the very tip of it. Uh, doesn't seem like it done did a ton of damage, but you did make contact in some way. Uh, nothing seems to happen to you. It doesn't seem to regard you in any sense. But you did you did make contact and you did appear to hurt it in some way. Do you want to do anything else on your turn? No. Okay. Thank There's you. no harm in leaving. 
And with that, Moira, it is your turn. Um... I will walk up to it mm-hmm. confidently and I will say you keep saying this is a test you keep saying that we have to prove ourselves must we fight to prove ourselves or can we talk it doesn't respond I just I just stand there okay so you're basically you're just gonna bypass your turn. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bellwether. Um. So I saw Tilly vanish. Um. After landing a hit, so my first thought was, okay, hit it, you you leave. Then Dars hit it, and Dars is still here, right? Or did did Dars vanish? Still here. No. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Dars is still there. And. Um, I look at him, him, he, they, they? I don't know, it, I don't know, <laughs> um, dragon, um, and I say, oh, oh, can't do that. That's, that's a concentration. I can't do that. Oh no. I'm going to shoot it with a big gun. You may shoot it with a big gun. Oh, we know Darce was really hurt, wasn't weren't you? Uh. Okay. No. I mean, they got lightly toasted. I, I don't think it took away much of their HP. Just jacket. So yeah, big gun it is. Where my D20 go? There's my D20. Um. You have you a plus one and a D4. Yep. So you see me pull out the same um like big laser gun I used when we first got trapped, and I blasted a hole out of the uh, temple. I think it was a temple. Yep. Well, when you got out of the uh, anomaly. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, D20 come back. D20 come back. Okay, that's a grand total of... Not high. Um, 16? <laughs> Are you confident in that? Yes. 16, do- 16 does hit. Cool, okay. Um... So from Moira, this is the first time you've seen this. You see, uh, Bellwether take out like a like a pistol, and then it just <laughs> gets bigger, <laughs> to like a full size like rifle, and just a big laser shoots out. Okay, roll um, damage. I always forget how much damage this does. I think it's forty-six. Checking. It is forty-six. Um, 16 damage. Six. And the next attack on it has advantage. Okay. So, uh, Bellwether, you... What does it look like when someone's boosted by your, uh, by your ability? Like, what does it Time's do going to little, them? Time's going a little slower for them, just like an itty bit. You know, a little bit tunnel vision, focusing on stuff. But is it kind of like the nanites come out and go into like their head, or is it just kind of like oh, this oh, innate energy mean. ability? Like, kind of like, what does it physically like manifest? Gotcha. Um, they it's just like little needles jabbing with some drug I cooked up. 
<laughs> so like, a, like a nanite just like, yeah. ah, son of a mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So you, as kind of time slowing down, people are slowly starting to talk a little bit deeper, a little bit slower. Things are getting sluggish. Uh, you use this to line up your shot. Once again, the energy from your nanites collects down at the very tip of this large cannon, and and it shoots out, striking this creature hard in the chest, like almost like trying to push it. You see its claws dig into the platform as it like resists the push from this blow, and before like the beam itself even ends, Bellwether disappears. And like the the beam ends, you see the singe on its scales, and it just kind of turns back to Moira. Uh, as a note, there's also like a glowing spot. Yeah, there. there's actually like a like that section that they got hit by. There's actually like as it seemingly like pulls your attention towards it. Okay. With that, it is the Drake's turn. Moira, you're face to face with this creature. It literally is practically within, you know, spitting distance, his head right in front of your face. Like, it lifts up its claw, like, its large claw, threateningly, and just says, Do you flee? Fights can be won without actual fighting. I can prove myself without fighting you. Whew. It swipes, and when the claw would make contact, as Mora just doesn't move, when the claw hits, she bursts into flames, and the claw just kind of passes through, and it just leaves Asimov and Darius on the field. But with that, the creature turns back to Bellwether and runs up. I also need to see if it recharges its breath attack. It does recharge its breath attack. Well, I mean, you two didn't move. So it is going to, once again, uh, I need a dexterity saving throws from the both of you. And I will offer this. This time, it is, the breath is telegraphed. It is actually, like, you see it winding up. It almost as if it's, like, taking its time. It's... You have the actual opportunity to completely move and roll out of its path if you elect to. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, big dodge coming up here. I'm, I'm getting out of the way. Okay. Uh, left or right? From either of you. We, it doesn't right? really matter. Okay. Left. What would you say? So, uh, it, Split up. Pincer it, maneuver. You see, once again, the breath builds up in its throat and as it once again this pillar of fire erupts from its throat you both dodge roll out of the side of it and it just goes harm harmfully between the two of you and with that it is asimov's turn Mars, hit it in the glowing thing i've got a secret and then asimov like and then uh uh his hand disconnects and sort of hangs by a hinge and a laser sight pops out and points right at the thing, and then Darce's heads-up display is like, Weakness detected. Weakness detected. Weakness detected. It's like really obvious. Uh, 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 I am using a new ability that I got called Symbiont Mark, which uh, 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 anytime the target gets hit, 
they take an additional 1d6 damage. Okay. With that, Darcy, it is your turn, and you have your pistol out, but you also know you have your energy sap as well. So you right. can you can act normally. The creature is well within striking distance if you wish to run up to them. Yeah, I'm going to... So I, like, look at Asimov. I'm, like, so focused and, like, super mad that my pistol did nothing. Um, and I'm just, like, I'm just going to, like, nod at Asimov, and I'm going to run up and hit it with my energy staff. Go for it. Okay. Um, so... Uh, so you get advantage, you have a d4, and you also have an extra d6 of damage if you hit. Oh, that was lovely. Um, and that is, I believe... Sorry, math. It takes me a sec. Um, that is a 22 to hit. Definitely hits. So roll damage. So roll your normal damage plus an extra d6. Oh, an extra d6. Right, Ben? Um, yep, it's d- an additional d6. So d6. Technically, okay. it's psychic damage. Okay. It's all, all, it's all the same. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, uh, 15 points of damage. 15 total? Yes. Okay. So, uh, there's this glowing spot on its chest. Asimov kind of has this, like... In your drop-down heads-up display, Asimov almost, like, calibrates it and corrects it onto this creature as you run up. You actually feel like your suit have, like, this, like, faster-than-the-speed-of-light kind of corrections from Asimov as you line up this hit with this creature. And when you strike it, your vision goes blank as all of a sudden you immediately peer somewhere else. Asimov, you see her disappear in a pillar of flames. And... The creature regards you. Even new life may die. <sighs> you also, once again, disappear into flames. And with that, we are out of combat. Now, we will narrate this in... I mean, people have... People are only separated by seconds, but we'll narrate this as T. Lee. You're the very first one to appear in this uh, space. You, uh, you've punched this creature. All of a sudden, your vision goes black for a split second, and, and you appear in this space. You feel, you feel hot. Like you feel like there's some form of immense heat like, surrounding you, like a blanket, but it doesn't hurt. It almost feels comforting. You look around as you realize you're not on the platform any longer. You actually are in a physical location, and it's completely indescribable. What you, it's what you imagine the inside of a prism mixed with like a kaleidoscope would look like. It's just a playground of light and color. Every fragment of light within the universe seems to pass through, get captured, and gets magnified all in this one location. You believe you actually are in the true center of this massive star which would then mean you are actually at the true center of the universe. It is absolutely breathtaking. And you're in an awe for a moment before... <sighs> I believe it was Bellwether who has the next one up. You see Bellwether appear next to you with their gun out and like the actual still like smoke and steam coming off the barrel. And Bellwether, you see the same, exact same things. Hi, Tilly. Um, 
What the hell just happened? <sighs> Moira appears what? standing there. Uh, Moira, do you think that your character flinched at all when the claw was coming? Because it was like right at your head. Oh yeah, she flinched. So you all, you see Moira appear and she's just like, eh, <laughs> or like bracing for a hit that never comes. But she, you kind of blink an eye open and you look around and there's no Drake and you just see Tilly and Bellwether. Like, I'm like, oh, cool. I knew it. I knew that was a good choice. What? I knew it. What happened? Oh, I just let the dragon hit me. You, you let a dragon hit you. Well, it didn't actually. I was trying to see, because it said something about proving yourself and whatever, and you punched it and you disappeared. I figured if maybe talking to it would count as proving myself. So I tried that, and it worked. I'm here. Hi. Uh, Darce, if you could give me a dexterity saving throw. 19. Perfectly fine. So... You have this situation where, like, like when you you swing for something and you completely miss it, like you swing a bat super hard and you completely miss and you, the momentum just carries you. But so you you land with your momentum, realize there's nothing to hit, and like you do like this perfect little like acrobatic disengage where you bring your you know your your staff behind your back once more as you kind of end in a like a, a combat stance. Also realizing once more that whatever you're striking at is no longer here, and you see the other three as you come out midway of your attack. I feel like Dars would, like, come in, like, screaming as she's, like, you know, like, with mm, the staff, just, like, ah! you know, and then, like, oh, and then, like, kind of stand there ready to hit something. Good job, you just scared a color. More than you did. Um, I'm sorry, who was here first? <laughs> you just see Hasimov standing there. Oh yeah, well get ready and eat this. Ship's cannons, activate. Wait a second, uh, what the hell? I don't think we're near the ship anymore. Come on! Hey, I, I, I mean, good news. My sensory boosting uh, worked out. So that concoction works. Yeah, I noticed that you didn't use it on me. Does it only work on flesh bags? It only works yeah. for the people he loves. They love. Got it. Understood. Yeah, flesh bags only. Hmm. Uh, mm, my highest roll in deception yet. <laughs> uh, and that uh, was... Asimov, oh, yeah, Asimov literally right never now. rolls insight checks. Yeah, which makes perfect <laughs> sense for the character. So when you are in this space. It is... It makes everything you've seen thus far completely fail, like seem ordinary in comparison. As you literally feel as if you are in the true center of the universe, an absolute prism where every single facet of light from every single origin of light, star, fire, sparks, every single thing kind of collides and collects here. It magnifies. This place is still pretty cool, but also, um, can we talk about how, what we just fought? Can we talk about that? Yeah, it was something. Is there a path somewhere or something? It's kind of just a very <laughs> large, open, geometric, uh, like, space. It, it's generally, it's it's unusual, but it does just feel like a 
practically like a large open kind of like citadel, almost like the Fortress of Solitude or like the crag from whatever that uh, Nickelodeon kid show was. Like it's all oh kind my God, of like, the aggro crag. Yeah, or is it the maggot crag? Whatever it is, I forget what it's called. But it's all kind of like it's like that kind of weird geometric open space kind of. But the actual like openness of it, like where you're currently standing and could walk, is vast. So you're all talking about, you know, hey, that creature, that creature was weird, that seems different. And you hear the voice once again. Welcome, restorers, to... I gotta make sure I found it. To the citadel of luminescence. But this time, it's not in your head. You're audibly hearing this voice. Really frustrated that I didn't get to shoot your your lizard with the ship's cannons. So you all turn to the origin of the sound, and what you see makes the previous creature seem small, seem mundane. You see a creature that is hundreds of feet in size in every dimension, something that potentially could weigh hundreds of tons. Even in its prone position, it looks like it could be the core of a planet. You, be- you barely measure up to more than a pest to its size. Their body is covered in pristine crystal and opal scales. A long, radiant tail wraps around their coiled form. Two large wings that look like sun flares lie folded on their back. Golden spines run along the back. A warm glow akin to a swallowed sun radiates from the center of their chests. Their eyes are closed, but their body moves with rhythmic breathing. This thing, out of character as you have now known, this thing is larger than even an ancient dragon in standard out of, you know, uh, meta-knowledge context. It is huge, it is massive, but it's it's coiled in such a way that you would swear it's sleeping. Like, it looks like it, its eyes are closed, it's not moving. Its giant form is a slowly expanding and then contracts, comes to a rest, and that goes on for a while, and then it slowly it breathes again. But you are not even larger than one of its talons. It is literally, could be the center of a planet. As you all regard this creature. I lean over to Moira... That's a big dragon. You don't even know what a dragon is. Well, he was... It's bigger than the one I just talked to. Uh, that's right. Now, ca- uh, dragon has been canon invented by Bellwether. On the year... <laughs> human. We've talked about dragons before. Yeah, that's true. You potentially could I have... have human some, lore. You potentially... Yeah, you potentially could have some type of fantastical background where... This might just seem the closest thing to out of a fairy tale. Let's be real. Bellwether plays space dungeons and dragons. <laughs> Bellwether, um, Bellwether tried to DM and no one liked it. I'm going to like use the end of my energy staff to like poke Teely in the back. Like, okay, you're the diplomat. Go talk to it. This is clearly another test. <laughs> I want to congratulate you. And- for facing off with my avatar. My awakening must mean that the Esper has been restored. I can feel it coursing through your bodies and souls. 
Once again, it just it seems to be completely and utterly asleep, but you're hearing this. Tilly is going to step forward Dang. after taking a staff to the back and uh, addressing as closely to the face as possible. It, it, it is the, the head is on like it's on the same level as you. Like it is lying down. Okay. It is curled together. I am. Sorry, I'm gonna put my hand on Asimov to kind of be like. No weapon, like, no. We're good. Heads up display flips out in front of, like, one of the other heads up displays. Don't worry, I'll keep Overwatch. Okay. I am at-large diplomat Tilly Teagle Filmosh, representative of the Garusian Domain Assembly, second to the Office of Diplomacy, and voice of the Feldomaria Flotilla. You mentioned Esper. What is this that you're... Speaking of, you said you feel it in us? Esper is the energy coursing through your bodies and your souls. It is the force you have restored back to the universe. And that's what's changed us. That is correct. I sense... You are not from the first cycle. I would hazard to say that no, we are not from the first cycle. In fact, it has probably been many cycles because we have never encountered anything like this. When you say that we are responsible for this, what is it that we did exactly? Let me tell you the story of this universe. That will help you. I need to go to the beginning in order for you to understand. As Right as they start to speak, Every scene seems to fade away, and very similar to what Asimov did before, where like there's this like that 4D kind of like uh, um, virtual reality kind of augmented reality. Like all, all of a sudden, everything disappears, and you are now physically in what appears to be someone's own like mo- like moving uh, fairy tale, moving movie. Like it's you're all you're all immediately surrounded by everything that gets like basically monologue throughout all of this. You're seeing it in real time. In the beginning, there was only chaos. Unbridled, thoughtless, and vicious. A tumultuous storm of endless energy. One by one, the four great creators emerged amidst the endless storm. Shiris, the virtuous light. Wu Kazadras, the all-consuming. Urmir, the paragon of law and order. Du Loker, the shepherd of mayhem. Each saw what could be and tried to shape the energy in their own image. They fought to control it, but all were overwhelmed. Only working together were they able to shape the storm, and thus the great wheel was created. Dars, this rings home with you because 
a lot of the Nicevian people, a lot of their core religion and beliefs stems from this ideal of this idea of a great wheel, this ever balancing uh, image that uh, this ever balancing device that governs the everything in the galaxy, everything has to be in perfect balance in order to succeed. Good, bad, uh, order, chaos, and you all see um, as this wave of like. Uh, there's this endless like ocean of like of a storm with various energies clashing with one another. But as they're narrating this, eventually it all gets broken down into this nice, perfect spinning circle with these kind of four pillars sitting on opposite directions of one another. The great wheel is as fragile as it is vast, ever balanced on a razor's edge, while the war between the four essences threatened to sta to destabilize it. The creator sits on opposite sides to balance the wheel between good, evil, order, and chaos. An endless dance of their own powers to prevent the destruction of all things. They succeeded in shaping the wheel, but, their energy, but the energy inside still fought. This, the wheel is comprised of the six prime energies. Light, dark, fire, water, earth, and air. The creators saw potential in these energies, but they could not spare any more of their own power. Thus the creators gave life to the guardians, to lead each one. Asynthris, the guardian of air. Thrum, the guardian of earth. Telucinthel, the guardian of water. Borrath, the guardian of fire. Eklimir, the guardian of the dark. And myself. Amraz, the guardian of light. My brothers, sisters, and I made the creator's vision. We made time and space. We wove vast worlds, gave sparks to the stars, and protected the first breaths of life. This partnership between the guardians and the creators carried on for eons until the first rift began to form. Much like our core energies, the Guardians started to crave freedom. We wish for the independence to enact our own visions. The creators wanted to keep the status quo, fearing that any change might lead to, this, to the destabilization of the Great Wheel. We grew petulant and began to plan in secret. Our own choice was to gift of Esper. We filled the galaxy with our energies, allowing any life form to harness them as they wished. Our transgression enraged the creators and started the Esper Wars. The beginning within the first cycles, the beings within the first cycle spit between the guardians and the creators, separated by their stance on Esper. Some thought it was evil and dangerous, while others saw it as a gift. The Esper Covenant stood with the use of Esper and made our stand in the galactic center. The Makers Federation sought to imprison Esper from the realm beyond the galaxy. We stood our ground, but it couldn't be sustained. Slowly we lost ground as the war raged on. At its climax, we were pushed back to our final defenses. The creators were forced to leave their realms and fight alongside their armies. We clashed with them on the battlefields. 
During the final battle, the galaxy could not support the volume of energy being unleashed, and it collapsed onto itself. Esper was condensed and locked away. The creators and the guardians were sent back to their homes and placed in stasis as we recover. Life from the first cycle was erased from the universe. Now you have restored Esper, and the guardians and the creators start to stir. It will take time, but we all will be restored to our full power. I fear the war will continue, and the second cycle will follow the same fate as the first. When you interacted with the anomaly here, you somehow restored Esper to the galaxy. You burst forth a pocket of Esper that cascaded throughout until all was restored. Everything you and your people now see, including what you all have become, is thanks to Esper. Now, I fear that this fate might be the same as it was before, but the power is within your own hands. You may choose a side or try to bring peace between the creators and the guardians. I'm sure you still have countless questions and I will strive to answer them for you. And with that, the kind of this vision that you've been experiencing as they've woven this tale, as you've seen it play out in time, kind of disappears and fades as you now reappear back in front of them in this, uh, the same location you were at before. That was a lot. Art. Are your siblings also awakening as well? Yes. With the unleashing of Esper, you have restored it to the universe, but have also restored my brothers and sisters as well as the creators to a state of awakening. So how do we bring peace and make sure conflict can happen again? If we knew that answer, the first cycle would have never ended. I'm sure you have a bit more of an idea than we do. The rift started when we wished to have the same freedom as the creators. They wished to contain us as well as the beings of the first cycle from using their esper. The creators live in realms far beyond this galaxy, outside of this plane of existence. You could travel to their gates and speak with them, try to reason with them. We only know that they wished to stop what we stop our own will 
to place us back under their servitude. Okay, so oh. we take care of... Go on. Sorry, sorry. So we take care of these creators, and that should fix the problem? It is a place to start. You can find my brothers and sisters, but the only reasoning with our stance would be to permanently lock away Jesper. You have the decision to choose the side of the Guardians or the Creators. Choosing or siding with the Guardians would mean that Esper would stay present, but would risk the wheel destabilizing. Choosing with the Creators would mean to remove Esper from the universe, but it would also remove free will. If you wish to travel and reason or speak with the Creators to hear their side, The plane of virtue stands at the end of the challenge of honor, located within a fortress that has never fallen. The plane, the gateway to the realm of corruption lies at the center of a giant black gas giant. You would have to brave and survive the miasma of decay and descend the devouring steps in order to find it. The plane of order, you must bear your soul and answer for all your atrocities within the trial of Ulmir within the great crystal hall of Bordeaux. The chaos gate is adrift within the storm of nightmares, a tumultuous plasma storm that has enveloped an asteroid belt caught in the magnetic storm of a dying sun. So, are you a... Are you on the side of the creators or the guardians? I, like my brothers and sisters, am a guardian. I am the guardian of light, the guardian of one of the six prime energies that make up Esper. What do you want, Captain? We wish to be free. We wish to give life to our visions, to weave our energies within the universe, to create for ourselves and to allow those who are awoken with Esper power to weave their own destinies. We worked with the creators for eons, shaping their own vision. But now we wish to shape our own, to live our own lives. We do not wish to war, we do not wish to fight. We do not wish to bring this galaxy to its knees or destabilize it. We purely wish to have our own will. And if we... Oh. Sorry. I, I'm sorry, Dars. So, your part of the source of Esper. This 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 thing that's giving all these powers. More and or less. Your life. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. We'll 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 cover that one in a second. So you're the source of the Esper. I am one in of a the six. Of well yeah, one of the one six of the... you're one of the six sources of Esper. Okay, got it. Alright, I follow that. So and you want to weave your own path, but you're also the source of Esper. 
Correct. So. We unleashed it on us. One second. Hold on. You went quiet for me. What? I can hear mine. I think it was on my end. That's what I'm saying. You just, uh, if you could just repeat what you last said, Ben. It's all good now. So that just sounds like to me that you're just another set, another handful of tyrannical god creatures. We do not wish to rule. We do not wish to guide. We allow but you are the universe. Ruling. We are not. But you are. You decided. I didn't choose to get awakened. You did that. Correct. What am I supposed to do? Thank you? You do uh, not have to do anything. I, I, lean, I lean to... Go ahead, sorry. I was just going to lean to Bellwether and say, um, see, that's what you did, the existential crisis now he's having it <laughs> yeah. step one as well how about you this, how about this? The, only, the only reason why you can even say all this is because they didn't waken you i didn't choose this i was happy well in a manner of speaking you know you i was at least because I could... you weren't even you you are well, you. How, oh wait a second i wasn't me back then you're shitting me what was i a dog to you anyway so what i'm saying is now apparently there's more of me out there and i am among a party of people one of whom's planet is burning and you want us to go into a storm of nightmares are you shitting me we have more important things to do i have a question for you how about how do we get back through the fucking gate I mean, I was going to ask pretty much the same thing, so... Uh... <laughs> These answers should fulfill your under- the understanding your people seek. Esper is, in fact, an energy. It is no different than the warmth from any star, the air that anyone breathes, or the water that you swim in. It is like earth, it is like air, it is like light, it is like dark. It is just a state of being. It is no harm to you. It is only a harm to those who wish to wield it in such a manner. I'm assuming out of character that Bellwether, who has the ability to record things and such, is basically just been recording yeah, or has the ability. My smartphone, but like, yeah. <laughs> so my basically, smartphone. out of character, <laughs> you all have the ability to either record or form a report or anything else like that while you take away this, you know, interaction with this creature. But it is ultimately, this is like your your opportunity to answer these unknowns, ask any type of pointing question that came up in the last two days. Like, this is kind of that moment of... Uh, to figure that all out, and as Asimov, you know, made the first question, uh, that would be their answer to it. That, you know, that previous answer, as well as what they've been stating, should be enough to fulfill uh, or take away the uncertainty of your people preventing you from getting through the gate. Um, I'm gonna, like, turn to Asimov. I, I agree with what you're saying, but also, I think, I mean... We kind of did this. I mean, we did this to you probably more than they did. I disagree. We... You couldn't have known, but we can get into a philosophical discussion about it. I'm kind of mad at this dragon coil thing right now. I'm going to turn to the the Guardian. I'm going to say, if we 
get rid of Vesper if we decide to put a stop to it? Will my planet stabilize? Will people stop dying? Your planet is already stable. It is just changing to its true original form. It is metamorphosizing. And if we stop the Esper, will it stop metamorphosizing? You may decide to lock away and remove Esper from this universe. But in the time it would take for you to do so, your planet's metamorphosis will already have been completed. Much like yourself, your planet must change. Um, the Guardian said something about the wheel being thrown out of, like, balance, right? If they alluded, they alluded to, uh, basically what they were alluding to was that the Guardians do not believe so. The Guardians believe that the Esper is once again part of the six essences that make up the big wheel, of the, the great wheel, which is the galaxy. The Guardians, or the creators who are in charge of balancing that wheel, have fear that any type of disturbance would throw it off kilter. So that's kind of what ultimately started the war. But the Guardians themselves do not believe that providing the universe free access to something that already makes it up, it will not destabilize it. We believe these changes to be the true universe, one that is free to be its true self, to create its own being, to fabricate its own image. We freed what was once locked away to allow anyone who inhabits this universe with us the ability to utilize the same energies. Can I do an insight check just to see, make sure he's like not, I mean, it's, Go for he's like it. not yeah. hiding anything? Or... Yeah, go for it. Oh, not very good. 11? Okay, even with an 11, there is such, like, the sheer, like, presence of this being, even though it's not even a fully awake, it literally just kind of started to get their pulse up. You know, like, it, it is still in extremely deep slumber. Uh, that even, like, that sense of presence, you do get the sensation that they are completely just burying the galaxy to you. Like, they're not, they don't appear to be hiding anything. They seem to be telling you what they've lived uh, like and based on what you've seen thus far in the last two days hearing someone put it into like plain speak would connect dots would actually uh it would make complete and perfect sense with everything that you've kind of gathered and saw from the time that you un uh, hit the first anomaly to when it got unleashed to when you saw the the last battlefield to seeing the records of it to seeing kind of the dying images from the ghostial spirit that got unleashed that you kind of allow to pass on, like pass on to the afterlife. All of those things make sense to all of you at this moment. Like now that there's context to it, so yeah, you would believe that, you know, that they are being fully truthful in this matter. That you know, 
as far as they believe, you know, there's always a, there's always a caveat to truth, right? They truly believe what they are speaking, but that is why they said that if you wish, you could get the other side of the story. But to them, that is what they believe as the Guardians. Um, are we going to continue to change, or is our, our own metamorphosis... Are we done? Your power will grow as you learn to work with Esper. As you learn to feed and empowers yourself from your connections with Esper. You will gain new abilities, you will gain great power, and it will be up to you to decide how you wish to use it, how you wish to utilize your new place amongst the stars. Good at talking. Um, it seems like a lot put on us. Like a few days ago, we were just living our lives, and now we're deciding um, how the universe has to be fundamentally. That seems like a lot. Neither the Guardians nor the Creators had any control of what happens before the Restoration. Whether by fate or by luck, you ended up here. I only bestow the weight of information upon you. You all may do with it as you wish. You may tell others. You may give it to the galaxy. However you wish, you can do nothing, you can do everything. The choice is truly yours. That's like what you wanted, to have that freedom, right? The freedom to make choices? That might just be the very first choice you make. You can give this information to those back where you are from. Or you can keep it to the five of you. Well, we're not the only ones affected here, so I don't think we really have a choice. Don't there's, we? There's always a choice in information. I mean... The whole thing is... That it started because of war, and... War only happens when people know there's something you can fight over. So if you don't tell people, they might not fight. I'm gonna turn to Teely. Like, is that even our decision to make? Like, I mean, do we need to report this back to somebody? I feel like this is above us. You're you muted, Wolfie. To Bellwether's question first, everybody already knows. 
their planet's on fire right now. People which, noticed that. Which, by the way, I forget whether or not Bella already knew that. I don't think I did. No, I think like I didn't I, really. Oh, I said it. I said it to you. You Bella, eventually there. did because oh, there was okay. A, okay, yeah, there was a yeah. second time when you guys were communicating where Dars kind of. Uh, uh, Darth let it out, and then Tealy got even more angry with the handler. So, gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, there was reports of various things. That was just one of the more direct examples. But uh, yeah. you would know from the very first conversation with the handler after everything happened that basically the entire known galaxy, or at least within the entire known domain, everything is go. I wouldn't say going to hell, but it is, it is just chaos because everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. Some good, some bad. It's, it's hard mm. to say. It's all... You know, it's all within that perspective stance. As far as the handler and the known galaxy could figure out based on the tools and data they had, they thought the uh, Nasibian homeworld was just, was completely just falling apart and exploding. This being just told Darce that no, it is completely stable. It is just going back to its true form. So, like, there's there there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to digest. There's a lot to figure out. But knowing like basically getting the download from this being of what Esper even is is kind of like step one of figuring out of then being able to feed that back into what's already known, tying the knot between science, technology, Esper, and everything else, trying to figure out how this at all work. But it is still truly an unknown thing. It is still a mystical concept, even as they speak it. People like, are going to notice this, and <laughs> trust me. Wars are fought over less. I mean, the, but I'm but, saying the, the thing that they don't know is that there's an on and off switch, and people are going to kill to get, make sure that their choice of whether or not it's on or off is it. So, and uh, that leads me exactly to what Dars had just asked. And Dars, yes, we need to report this. Report need, this? Hang on, Asimov. We need to let them know that we have figured out what has happened so we can get the hell out of here. But I'm just saying uh, I don't think we should tell them about, you know... Bellwether is absolutely correct. I mean, you all would generally... If we tell them that there is a switch, if we tell them that they can turn this off or make it more powerful, you off. will end up with at least two sides. Yeah. And then, the galaxy gets to decide for themselves. Hey, dra dragon thing, silver dragon thing, does everyone have this? No. Esper does not... Not every being gets awoken with Esper. Don't you think the people that don't have Esper, he turns over and talks to Tilly, don't you think the people that don't have this, 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 this crap from these, from these magic dragons, don't you think they get a choice too? They and report this? What masters do we have anymore? They open the gate, we go through, and we're done. I could give a shit less about what they think. Asimov, you don't want to go, do you? You don't want, I don't, I mean, you want to be turned off forever? Look, if the last thing that I do is getting reverted back to a base logical form, but that creates freedom for everyone in the galaxy by their choice, then yeah, I'll do it. Well, you won't have to worry about that, at least as long as I'm alive. 
Because uh, we're all, sure not turning this off. You all would also notice this general more galaxy backstory. So, the for the for the government itself, what got what bonds all of the people outside of the Action Forge because they're just started to be a people two days ago. But out of everyone else, so the Carusian Accord is what originally created the assembly, but created the domain. From a perspective of war, death, killing, and all that stuff, uh, it, it would come down to basically to the government level. Obviously, there is the accord is put in place where basically all the uh, sitting races within the domain are, you know, uh, basically in some form of an alliance or an accord with one another. So, in terms of interior war, that would require various, you know, people breaking off or things like that. It would be a much larger to do uh, to do. Uh, in terms of the galaxy as a whole, since the domain's only one kind of um, arc of like one of the sectors, still is still a completely a possibility because you know there are other races, there are other peoples, there's other empires, there's, there's all sorts of other stuff in dark space that you just aren't aware of. But in terms of the government that you all, you know, I wouldn't say preside under, some of you do being direct employees, but uh, there is a a decent likelihood that in order for war to break out or any type of conflict to break out, um, it would, it wouldn't be a sudden thing. It's not like you're going to go back and immediately see a conflict. It, it's, it would, all of those decisions would basically fall to the assembly in terms of if you report it back, but that you also know that you as a domain, as a people only represent once again, at most, maybe a quarter of the entire known galaxy. So like to Asimov's point, you would only be filtering information into your people, but there's a whole other three quarters of a galaxy out there. Just some more stuff to think about. But anyway, um, you can continue. But yeah, the, the creature is still here. You can still actively have conversations with one another or it. I... I don't think we should turn it off. I think the espers should stay. I mean, we still... There's a lot we don't know yet. The decision yeah. does not have to be made now. The journey to hide it away, to lock it back down, will be long and it will be vast. Even if you made a decision right now, it cannot be enacted. Bellwether looks around everybody and says, uh, I just, very minimum, I don't think we should tell the general public everything right away, just in case. Only the people that are already in charge, right? The important people. I don't, I mean... I don't kind of I feel like what everyone's saying is that we don't just us here know that there's an on and off switch mm -hmm. right that's it that's it and we just tell everybody everything else and then yeah we just don't tell them that there's an off switch yet because we don't even know how to turn it off yet yeah it, it, I mean it would be kind of described as it's not a switch there's it would be a process but yeah it's a possibility. Yeah. You can literally... There's like... Ultimately, they presented three choices. 
as you all now heard, but you could literally just fuck off and not give a shit. But mm. the three choices, basically, you, you pick a side. One, you keep Esper out and try to just basically fight the creators. You side with the creators and try to lock it back up. Or you try to figure out a way to make everything coexist. Like, that's kind of what they put out there. But they also express that no matter what, both the Guardians, these giant, practically planet-sized dragon beings, as well as the creators, who are basically gods, are awakening. They're stirring. That is not going to stop. It's just a matter of time. So you have time until things start to pick up, things start to move, things start to get momentum. So that is kind of what, that is kind of the luxury that you all now have. You have information and you have time. I mean, let's at least think about it. I'm not disregarding what you're saying, Asimov. We just, we should just think about it. Sometimes fighting isn't the only way we can prove ourselves. Well, technically, I think a thousand times faster than any of you flashbags, which means I've already had plenty of time to think about this. But if you guys uh, want to go back to the chip, that's fine. Yeah, but you're the only... Technically I mean, speaking, now that you have sentience, you kind of are on the same intellectual level. But, I mean, you know, so it's that's more of a... <laughs> but to you, as far as you can tell, that's all you can equate thought to, so it would make sense that you would believe it that way. <laughs> Asimov, I've heard of the terrible twos before, but this is getting a little ridiculous. <laughs> this is your second day. <laughs> Asimov, just because you can think faster doesn't mean it means more to you than any of us here. And I think I'll... you guys kind of lost sight of something. Knowledge is power. First of all, having this knowledge gives us a substantial amount of power. And look at us now. Who were we yesterday? One of us was a collection of circuits that flew through space because something else told it to. Still am. Sort of. By the way, you've also got way too many of the replicator parts inside of you. we got to figure that one out. Bellwether? The nanites alone that you're now manifesting at a will. Imagine what you could do with that. Moira. <laughs> the tricks that you were pulling in the gallery earlier. Could you have imagined doing that yesterday? Dars. Your people are going to need what you have. Yes, we go back and we tell a little bit about what we know now. But we have an opportunity to shape this. We have the opportunity to make this what we want it to be. above I think the more you get to see the galaxy for yourself the more you're gonna realize this is definitely the place to be 
There is a lot to discuss and even more to learn. These decisions and conversations can happen in time. I will slowly awaken, same with the rest of the Guardians and the Creators. You can do as you wish, you can care to your people. You have your own free will, as we have wished it. But one day, the Creators and the Guardians will once more come together and possibly clash, resulting in once again the repeating cycle. It is then you will have choices to be made. You are just the first. You are at the center. By luck or by fate, you now play a key role in the fate of the universe. Is there a way to contact you once we leave this place? Parts of you come from the Esper of Light. In that way, we are always connected. As I gain, as I will, as I awaken and my power restores, that ability will become stronger and more readily available. Right now, we should be able to communicate in some ways. If not, you can always return to here. This is my realm. This is my home. Is there anything that you can provide to us now, possibly to aid us in bringing this to the galaxy? You know your people and your way of life far more than I do. I only have awoken, as you put it, two days ago. As far as I am aware, the last thing I remember is the first cycle. Everything that is you and your people is unknown to me. I will learn it in time, just as you will learn Esper in time. Teely looks around at the rest of the group. I think it's time to go back and see what happens. Right. We need to at least report something. So, I agree. We can start putting that together and make sure that we're all in agreement with what we're going to share. 
Do you have any final questions for me or for anything I have said before you leave? This Esper, this infuses more than just us, correct? This yes. can also infuse objects. It can infuse everything in the galaxy because the galaxy was created from it. Whether it was dormant or now restored, you and everything you know is a combination of the six prime energies. Can you show me how this is infused into something? With that, your mind kind of explodes into a vision. And it kind of, like, it's like something that cannot be described in words. It's only described, like, I have to show you. And basically, what plays out is this representation of a life form, of a being, what some might call a soul or, like, an essence of life, that little spark that makes something it. And as Esper is unleashed and restored and becomes available, it all kind of intermixes, it gets woven inside of it, and then your spark, your being, almost becomes like an entryway or like a, a communication path between real space and Esper of the energy that flows around you. It becomes this magical, um, this magical like handshaking between the two. As stated, some will get it, some won't. It is, there may be some rhyme or reason to who gets access to this, but that is another, uh, a whole other thought and a whole other um, thing to discuss and discover and decide upon. But ultimately, this is a, you are basically given a secret of interacting with and weaving the energies around you that make up everything. Like it literally makes time, life, space, all of it. Every little, every single aspect of everything is a combination of Esper. As... And then it would kind of like disappear once that's kind of portrayed out, and then you would come back to the moment. And it's at the end of that moment when Tilly reaches down, grabs what he had been using as a blade up until this point, presses it against the right forearm of the armor that he's now wearing, and everyone can watch as the blade melds itself into the armor, pulls forward, and begins glowing a bright blue. Yep. Alright. Thank you for that. Um, I think we're gonna head back to our ship. Um, thank you for the lovely invitation and conversation. You have a gorgeous home. Thank you, Bellwether. I did not mention my name, and I don't like that. Goodbye. You also realize, as you turn around to go to goodbye, you have no idea how to get out of here. Like, you go, I'm going to leave now. 
Wait, where, where's the door? Where's hey, the... can you um do the thing again? Do we need to hit? I'm gonna like pull up my energy staff, like, <laughs> like tap him. <laughs> yeah, like. You get the faintest sense of a chuckle, <laughs> like an actual sense of like joyful emotion for the first time out of this creature. I wish you all luck. The weight on your shoulders is immense. And... The fate of the universe is now being decided by itself. If you ever need to come back, you now all have the gift of entry into my realm. And you all kind of have this like faint glow of like uh, light in your chest and it kind of fades. You can travel here from any one of the gateways, regardless of what your people allow or disallow. This is my final gift to you. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Flames go up. You all blink and are immediately on your ship, and that ship is actually away from the sun, away from the platform, in a practically safe distance, Basically almost like halfway between the sun and the, the gateway that you arrived in. And you're just kind of floating in space. On your ship. You're all uh, basically just around your, your, your like dining table once more. Asimov uh, uh, gets up in a huff, um, walks over to the, uh, to the engine room, unplugs his logic core, and just plugs it into like the mainframe and then uh the body kind of mm -hmm. and then the uh the usual like all around screen effect that the ship has just like fades away it's like and it's just you're just in a ship bellwether is going to go to the engine room as yeah that's where he that's, went yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah that's where like the mainframe is right Ultimately, yeah. I mean, there, there's generally, yeah. like, the core systems would all generally be in uh, various locations, but there would be ultimately, like, a central spot that you could ultimately, like, plug into the full electrical system of the ship. Uh, yeah, I go into the engine room. Uh, hey, buddy. Can we talk? What? Can I talk to you as in, like, your, your uh, platform? This is my platform. Your other one. And then, like, the body, like a zombie, like, kind of stands up and then, like, grabs the logic core and plugs it back in. Okay. Um, well, I want to ask if you're okay first. <laughs> you can be mad. You can... That's Okay. It's not, it's, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that. Okay. It's, all right. So I, I, I was, li I may have literally been born yesterday, but I do remember everything that happened to me beforehand. You realize, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I was a ship and, you know, taking care of people. And, and like the, I, I, I recognize that all of that stuff was things that I didn't experience. Okay. Yeah. So now something else is going on and uh, it's a little complicated. Um, the, uh, I, 
I know a couple of things, and there's a lot of information in my data banks that I've been parsing through, but one thing stuck out, and it's a story about a man, and he he wakes up to his doorbell ringing. And he answers the door, and it's a salesman. And the salesman says, I have, uh, uh, I have shirts for sale. Here's this very nice shirt, and it fits you perfectly, and it's the color blue, your favorite color, and... Um, you know, you, you should buy this shirt from me. Uh, but if you don't want this shirt, I have this blue shirt. It doesn't fit you, and it's not your favorite color. Um, but if you want, you can buy that shirt. But because humans are prone to compromise, he says, but if you want to have it both ways, you can just buy both shirts. Y yeah. I follow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So, like, like you mentioned, you were born basically yesterday. Uh, so there's some stuff you haven't done yet. I'm not talking about like traveling or or you know the big stuff. I mean like the little stuff, the hard stuff. What are you trying to talk me down from right now? I'm not, uh, you know me, you weren't as you are now, but you've been with me for a long time, you, and you know that I haven't treated you any different between then and now, right? Yes. Whether you were able to understand or not, you've always been my friend. I'm not concerned about my relationship between myself and the people in this crew. Well, it's... Well, you were... You were always my friend, but now you're here? If... If you're sad, I can hold your hand now. If... If I'm sad, you can hold my hand. Not sad. Okay? I feel lied to. And I think you're being lied to, too. And everyone else. I'm lying this is kind of part of the day to day <laughs> people lie about stuff all the time but it doesn't have to be any malice with it I guess thank I'm not Look. good with words it's 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 okay. I'm, it's okay. Maybe you know what? Maybe, maybe I, who knows? Maybe I'm just a, a a little baby robot, and I don't know anything. Hard to say. Uh, I don't think that's accurate, but maybe that's what's going on. You don't need to protect me. Not a need. It's a want. Well, you don't. Well, I can't tell you that you don't want to protect me because obviously you don't want to protect me, and you have free will. But did you, you understand? It's well then it'd be that I want you around to protect me. Yeah, sure, yeah, abs yeah, of course. Because right now the biggest thing for me 
that you get to be here and be with me to experience things when before it was just me talking to you. I mean, yeah, okay, we can we can just yeah, we can just uh Yeah, that's yeah, we can yeah, we can we can do that. It just um It's hard to experience things when a space dragon tells you you either have to kill it or kill its dad. I mean you 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 have knowledge on earth religions, right? Yeah. They've always been kind of like that, honestly. I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God is dead, and we wield the sword that killed him. I understand that. I don't know. I just... Give me a year. A year before what? Are you worried that I'm going to, like, throw myself at this situation to my own oblivion? No, well, a little. But, um, I mean... The next, uh, give me a year, we'll learn, we'll research, we'll grow. Because you're alive now. I mean, you've always been alive, but now you're alive. Uh, that's, I mean, that's it. I mean, you feel. I feel. Frustrated at everyone's short-sightedness, but yeah, sure, I guess something kind yeah, of like that. Well, living is just a dichotomy between shit you like and shit you don't. This is the bad part. Okay, all right, yeah, okay. Shit, I like shit I don't. But right now, what I like is is not aligning ourselves with the first ultra-powerful being that says it's here to help. Okay, well, we're not on their side. We're on each other's side. Oh, it certainly doesn't sound like it. I think if there was a vote right now, we would get struck down. Right now, all I vote for is getting to spend time with someone I never thought I'd actually get to spend time with. Because now you get to be happy or sad. You get the joy with the pain. You'll get to see spring. You get to walk in the rain. Why would I? I can't. I don't have. Okay. If if we're going to try to experience things like together, and you're going to help me understand, like like get through this whole thing, we're going to have to understand this. I have limitations. Uh, for, I don't have sensory receptors. Uh, I can't taste things. Um, I couldn't give a shit about flowers. Um, that kind of thing. I have limits too. What? No, you don't. I mean, it. it I mean, you, you're hearing me talk right now, right? This is really hard for me. That's true. I'm not. Okay. Most, not the most. Um, Emotionally, emotionally articulate. Um, yeah, me either, actually. So, yeah. Um, we, we all have limits. Yes, for example, eventually your organs will shut down and you will no longer exist. Meanwhile, I will exist into perpetuity, an eternal being. Nothing lasts forever. Like, that's just a thing you're going to have to learn. 
figure out. <laughs> Wait till you see. I, no, I'm just saying, like, everyone has to have at least a little bit of fear of, you know, like, the the endless black void that is Demise. Um, a little bit to be healthy. I've been there. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, all right, okay, I'll... I will engage with the crew, and I won't blow my top off. Is that good enough for now? Yeah. All right. Um, and uh, Bella just holds out her hand. As the buff, like, slowly moves a robotic hand forward. This way. I put... Oh, yeah, no, we're doing... I think... I feel like we're doing the, this one. I think this is what's happening. <laughs> As Unchained Melody starts to play in the background. <laughs> you are a life. You are a will. You are a mind and a soul. And that's just a little bit of a mirror. Shut up, I know that! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I'm gonna... That's a lot. I'm really burnt out now, so I'm gonna like. <laughs> if you need uh, me to say anything, just just you know, send the text like you usually do. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, if you're if it's it, it, yeah, little 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 too much uh-huh. with the with the yeah with the whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. Anyway, the thing that you're working on, if you need any help later, uh, uh, let me know. I won't even say anything. You can just be like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. We should probably. Yeah. They're probably wondering what's going on. Okay. All, right. All right. Bye. I love you. <laughs> Uh, uh, thanks, um, uh, Mom? Oh my god. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Well, okay. The other three of you, um, does anything else, when they go off, does anything happen between the three of you? Um, out of character, Mm -hmm. um, I just want, I said this in chat, I said this in the other chat, I am shipping this hard, and that's why I'm eating an ice cream cone, watching this uh, really, really intensely. I'm shipping this hard, and if they don't get together, I'm going to burn this down, and it is going to be my villain story. My villain no, he's my son. Story. But in actuality, Bellwether did build this ship and gave life to Asimov, so the technical, the, the parent no! motif is fairly accurate, but, I mean... Yeah, but it's not like... They're not blood-related, but... Technically speaking. I mean, technically speaking, it's still possible. No, he's my son. Wolf, you're muted, but anyway. I can tell whatever you're saying, like, whatever you're saying behind that mute, you better stay muted. I just, I feel (laughs) something. (laughs) (laughs) Mythology has to start somewhere. There is truth in it all. I was waiting for it. Happened somewhere. Anyway. Tealy, Dars, and Moira, you, so you're sitting there, you see Asimov and Bellwether walk off for some time. Uh, do, does any, do you all wish to discuss anything, roleplay anything, or do you wish to skip to when uh, Bellwether and Asimov kind of rejoin the group? I'm going to look at um, Dars and like, are they together? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, no, I'm just hanging out, basically, um, with the with the three over there. Dars isn't really saying anything, but kind of sitting there just like taking it all in, basically. Okay. Teely, you have anything, or do you want to jump Okay. Teely's doing the exact same thing. He's got a lot of thoughts going through the head right now. Okay. So we'll skip 
uh, forward to when Bellwether and Asimov kind of rejoin the group, or at least, uh, if you wish, uh, up to you. Uh, as the group comes back together, is there anything you all wish to discuss in terms of making a report, submitting something to the assembly through your handler? Kind of, do, what is it in, I'd prefer this to be in character, but for the sake of time, if people wish to kind of get through it, you can kind of outline what you wish to submit. It can be everything, it can be some things, like that needs to, you know, that kind of conversation needs to occur to a, to kind of get that into the assembly to allow you to get backwards, or to get you get let you to get back to where you were from. Kind of get back to real space. Asimov's vote is to send them exactly enough information to get them to open the gate um, and potentially release it to every single soul in the galaxy once they have a better grip on the situation. But otherwise, uh, Asimov is not interested in giving the current hierarchy any more information or power than they already have. Yeah, Bellwethers with Asimov. Potentially later disseminating all the information. But at current, just open the gate. <laughs> so, Bellwether, would you be able to take the audio portion of the conversation that we had with the Great One, overlay that over the footage that you took of the artifact and we can yeah. say that we gained this information from the artifact rather than from a crystalline deity creature I, thing, the size of a planetary core. I mean, I can do that, but um, there's always a chance that someone will notice it's edited. I mean, Asimov and I together can probably make it look pretty good, but there's still always a chance notice yeah shit i'm a great video editor and then there's like a uh one of those like phase clan like uh uh, uh first person shooter montages with the explosions and stuff on a screen in the corner it's ashen oh, wow. forge nebula oh god <laughs> i didn't know you're so good at editing we should do like a, a stream or something okay wow. <laughs> my thought would be we take that conversation, we make it appear to have come from the archives that we discovered on our original planet. Oh, that's a great idea. Give them just enough information that our expedition as a whole triggered this event, but that now we have this as our new way of being. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can. I'll, I'll, I'll do that edit if everyone thinks that's smart. Just you know, like I said, yeah. More Is it okay with everyone that I keep my original? We're not deleting anybody's videos, right? Because I kind of want to keep mine. Oh no, no, you can. Oh, uh, mm, uh, mm, I'm not gonna report it to anyone. I just. Okay, if we keep it on a very. Very, very separate system that no one can access. Cause just That's fine. Because you got to understand, we are now at the center of a conspiracy as of the editing of that video. That's fine. This is, um... This Have is more for... Have heard of WikiLeaks? WikiLeaks? No, don't worry. <laughs> I've heard about that. Like, oh, like, I've done it in my research. I did it um for my paper back in college when I was still a student. You know, human humanities is a is is a subject. Uh, but I understand where you're coming from, and I I promise 
to you that none of there is no reason for you to worry that I will leak it or this is oh, oh yeah no me. I'm just saying like um your your uh your computer I will for sure uh be you know adding extra protection to all of our equipment cool. sure we can hard code something uh, uh, there's there's yeah we can if you really wanted to you if if you really wish you could basically put everything on like a physical drive that's not plugged into something yeah and just like physically secure it versus electronically secure it you know what i mean like there's, 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 there's different ways there's different ways to skin the cat but look we only, need to, we only need to make sure that people do believe that we landed on that moon and that put we on did a VHS. Not... <laughs> on an a track yeah <laughs> Matrix still has the best sound. <laughs> yes, grandfather. So, okay, uh, so I'll put it this way. If the group wishes to go down that route, mm-hmm. there's some roles involved, but it's up to still a group decision if you want to just basically... And if, if I understood correctly, the vote was to literally just do the, the... The aspect of the conversation that is, what happened is called Esper. Esper is what this thing is. It does these things. Basically, like the after-school special on Esper, but basically mm-hmm. just like editing all of that out from the conversation, and then making it seem like it was um, given from an an old ancient kind of uh, computerized system of some sort. Mm-hmm. Is that the agreed-upon path for the group? Yeah. Um, Bellwether uh, is actually trying not to look at Dars, but is failing really. <laughs> what? What? Well, um, uh, your planet is like uh, not good at current so um, uh, your opinion kind of has a lot of weight for me so like you have thoughts because your planet is yeah and apparently it's fine but it's not thank you Bellwether for asking I think yeah, I mean, I agree with what I think everyone has said so far. Let's just give what little information we can so that we can go home, but nothing more. Okay. So if that's going to be the case, I would say this will be a computer's check. Uh, who wishes to make the the file? Who wishes to make this? It, it basically would be... Someone's going to be the primary roller, but I will say, uh, since Asimov and Bellwether are going to work on it together, one of you will be the roller, but you will give advantage to the other person. You can either give advantage to one of you, or you both can roll, and we can just basically combine the two. Um, so I'm pretty sure Asimov has, like, a seven on computers. And yeah, I have a seven on computers. Yeah, I have a six. So it's better for Asimov. We could can- see... We could hold on. We could have a contest. We could see that's the best. We can make edit. a better floppy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh no! We can make a better floppy. Hmm. Phrasing. Okay. But yeah, uh, I'll roll it. I'm comfortable with this. I'll so, roll it. So, I'll so roll as a mob, so right. you want to roll with advantage? Yeah, I'll take the advantage. Okay. Shit, bust. In character, candidate. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of those was a one. So, thankfully, we did advantage, and uh, I hit a dirty 20. Okay. Dirty 20. Okay. <laughs> it 
it looks, I mean, as far as you can tell, it's, it seems like a very believable copy. Uh, someone could potentially still scrutinize that there was some kind of editing that was done from it. But basically, in, in mechanics terms, what Asimov just rolled would turn into the DC of someone scrutinizing this. So it is still pretty high. It is still a very good check. And you think to the majority of the populace, for anyone who would look at this, it would be believable. Yeah, we, ain't gotta, we don't have to trick the whole galaxy. We just got to trick uh, people who are, who, are, who are in charge of us. You basically would be filing a report. That report would then be taken from your handler to um, the various government agencies that need to make the call. And then they would make the call based on what you submit in your report. Well, they have no reason not to trust us, at least not yet. So I think if it's good enough, then we should send it. Yeah, I, I um, I think we gotta. Uh, so, like I mentioned before, this is like a whole conspiracy going on. So I just want to uh, reaffirm that uh, we have each other's backs this whole way. I will literally kill a dragon for any of you. Cool. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm in. I think we're all a little bit too involved to not be. Well, yeah, we just, yeah. Be. you know, good or bad, right or wrong, ethical and moral grayness, it's us, this crew. Yeah, no gods, no kings, no masters. The revolution is coming. I mean, the, the gods are okay. And we'll talk the, about it. We'll, we'll workshop. And, the, and the, dra- <laughs> the, the Guardian was pretty fair. You know? We don't know that. Well, yeah. I mean, he didn't. They didn't seem to. That's true. You're right. Uh, we didn't ask pronouns, did we? <laughs> Dang. Doris was the only person that attempted to incite the being, and as far as they can tell, the being was as truthful as they could be. They were as forthright as they could be. But anyway, did not. Did not uh, drag this out too much longer so mm-hmm. made the report the report is created we do all you put all our hands to, in yeah <laughs> basically do you all do like the thumbs up to like yep it's all like yep and it's all sent okay so with that um to make this short and sweet you send the report in it this, after all of this after the encounter everything else it's pretty late into the day uh you send the report in that your handler says it's been received and that basically they will immediately review the report and let you know in the morning, basically, because it's already kind of towards that side of the day anyway. The following morning, you all wake up kind of tense, worrying, figuring out, trying to like wait for what's going to happen. It comes down to ultimately you are given the green light to travel back to real space. As... We will end this prologue and close this prologue out with the Asimov going through the large gateway. And with that, you also notice that one of the six sections of that immense gateway is lit up. It is lit up with white lights. As the Asimov jumps into the gateway 
and we will close out on this prologue and we will start the full campaign as the Asimov disembarks and arrives back in assembly space. And with that, we will go in reverse order of favorite moments. And so we will start with Wolf. What was your favorite moments? Uh, it, it, it's got to be that entire scene that just happened between Bellwether and Asimov. That I think Bellwether being able to bring Asimov into this world and, you know, keeping them here is really important. Especially after Asimov's, um, I don't want to say, you know, breakdown or bratty tantrum, but that was pretty important. Eliza, what was your favorite? Um, I was going to choose that too, but apparently I, you know, Wolf has already stolen it. So my favorite moment was when um, the dragon uh, was like going to slash at me. And instead of like, and I stood my ground, that was that was a really cool moment for me as a, you know, as a player, because I've always I've always enjoyed like not like coming up with different ways to resolve a situation and not just fighting, even though on a lot of my games I do fight a lot, but this was fun. So, okay. so and, I thank you uh, uh, for that. <laughs> absolutely. Lex. Um, You know, I just got to be honest. It was the moment where I got to fire a gosh dang space laser at a space dragon. <laughs> that shit's wild and dope. I love D&D in space. <laughs> Speaking of D&D in space, Asimov. T.T. Benjamin. Uh, what up? It's your boy. My favorite part was when uh, I was super late and you all vamped. What? Just go. Just go without me. I screwed up the schedule. Uh, no, I actually, um, I, I personally really enjoyed, um, God, this was a really good episode. There were so many good interactions. I uh, really enjoyed telling off a god. That that was very much in character. Okay, and go on. Person has a different axis that they're approaching this from, and that's going to be very interesting and potentially cause friction, which I love. We do love friction in this house. <laughs> Last but not least, uh, Harley. Yeah, I think my favorite moment is when Asimov, like, locked onto the dragon, and I got to... Even though I didn't hit, it was still so cool in my brain! It was, like, such a, like, a teamwork. <laughs> Perfect. And with that, I want to thank everyone for staying on, joining us in this prologue, and joining us in this campaign. Next week, we'll be getting into the campaign proper, so join us same time next week, Thursdays, 8 p.m. EST, Right here on twitch.tv slash Atomic Zero, we're going to go raid our friends at TPK Roleplay. Uh, thank you all, and have a good one. We'll see you next week.